This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Yay! And the updated, by the way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more days. Ugh. Eight more days. What are you going to do? It? Huh? What are you going to do? Nothing. All right, the uh, update is brought to you by Farron and Farrah. Sorry, I'm a little stressed out today. I've had a lot of issues. Oh, same. Had dog stress this morning. What was that about? <sighs> you don't want to talk about it. It's fine. No, 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 no. It's just I think it's boring to most people. My wife is doing a new business. She's selling rocks, crystals, I don't know, online. And it's... Like she starts at nine, ends at two in the morning. I'm getting up at two thirty. Dogs eating the rocks. So she tells me forty eight hours ago, and she's not here to defend herself, which is unfair to her. But she's sleeping, so what the hell? Um, <laughs> okay. She says to me two days ago, the, the oldest dog is Stewie, seventeen years old. He's supposed to live till eleven, so he's you know incontinent basically. You know he just lets it go wherever. Right. So she told me two days ago, look, you got to start taking him out when you wake up at two thirty because he's just not being able to hold it. Yeah. I said fine. So today, or last night, I go to bed, you know, at 8.30, 9 o'clock. She's just starting her routine online, live. Doing her thing, yeah. Uh, I leave the dogs out of the bedroom because I know that Stewie will need to go out because she's going to wake him up when she walks back to the bedroom after she's done doing her Instagram thing. So when she's done, she can let the dog out. Yeah, because, and I I assumed she's going to let him out because she just told me to let him out at the same time. Two days ago. Uh-huh. Right, so she's already up and you're sleeping. She can just let him right. know when she's done. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, the door opens to the bedroom. I'm, it's 2 o'clock. It's not time to get up yet. You still got 30 minutes. The 60,000-pound dogs jump on the bed, wake me up. The next thing I do, I'm like, what the F? I look down and Stewie's taking a pee on the floor. <gasps> Did so, you say, why didn't you take the dog out? A little louder than that. Okay. So I came out, ripped out of the bedroom. I go, why didn't you take the dog? So here I am at 2 o'clock in the morning with a mop in my hand, bleach, mopping the floor in the bedroom. Oh. And again, she's not here to defend herself, but... That's why you yelled at me this morning. You're already in oh, a bad it's not mood. Ju- it's just... It's just... Uh, it just starts this. Well, yesterday... I, I'm sorry. This is not the update. It's okay. Uh, yesterday, I go pick up the dogs from the daycare because I need a break every once in a while. I take them to daycare, all three of them. So the Rottweiler uh, has these two nails on its side. What are they called? Are the upper like the little thumbnail or whatever yeah, on the thumbnails. side? One one of them is as sharp as a razor blade. I get cut every day because she doesn't mean it. She right. just it's a razor blade. So I, I don't know what got into me. I asked the um, person at the uh, daycare. I said, "Could you? Are you able to cut dogs' nails?" She goes, oh sure. So the, she goes in the back. She's back in one minute. The d- nails are gone. I'm like, that's awesome. 
I don't look down. I pay my fee. I take the three dogs into the car. Uh, they sit down. One of them sits on top of my brand new jacket for this winter. And and then I go back in to get some other stuff, you know, my phone and a couple of leashes. I come back to the car. I start driving off, and the dog is just acting weird. He's not move. She's she's not moving. She, usually she's licking my face and everything. It's the guilt. And don't tell me they declawed and her. She's, no, no, they didn't declaw her, but they. I guess they struck a vein on both, oh, or she no. cut too high. She cut too low. My jack, it looks like a murder scene. I'm on 1792 going like 60 miles an hour, and I look over, and I'm like, oh, God! The dog's bleeding out. He wasn't, but, you know. Bless, though. Poor dog. Yeah. She clearly didn't know what she was doing. The dog's fine. I knew it was fine. It's just a nail. But the thing is, when they bleed from the nail, it's, you know, it's severe. So my jacket got ruined. My seat stained. I Did you go a, back and say to the yeah. lady, I thought you knew what you were doing? No, I didn't yell at her. She put some, I've known him for like 20 years. She put some bleed stop on the nail and it stopped immediately. But So that was yesterday. That and was then just, this yeah. morning was pee. Yeah. And you're not feeling good on top of it. Yeah. I'm feeling a little better. Okay. All right. So uh, this sounds like a, like my dad used to say, sounds like a broken record. If you're too young to know what a broken record is, it's when the record keeps skipping and playing right. the same thing over and over again. The House Republicans, and the, I'm, I'm beginning to be annoyed by James Comer's voice. He's the head of the investigation from the uh, House Oversight Committee into the Bidens. Regardless of what you think, I'll tell you the truth. Um, there's two sides to this. I don't know who's right at this point. If these people don't start doing something after blabbing that there's so much evidence and there's so much, and we're going to get them and this stuff and the other stuff, I believe he did a lot of stuff wrong, you know, more than Trump ever did. But the thing is, if you, you need to stop talking and start doing do something. Mm. Here's James Comer yesterday. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using Owasco PC for tax evasion and other serious crimes. Yeah, there are serious crimes. Do something. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Is this um, one of those where they have to wait until they gather everything yeah, in order dude, to do something? Shut the F up. Don't tell anybody. But don't tell us about it every 10 minutes how you got him and you got all these evidence and all this stuff. Shut up. Get it all together. And then one day come out and go, we're, we're filing the, the uh, whatchamacallits of impeachment. Just do it. Don't, don't don't play this garbage with us. And then, of course, this ignites the Democrats to go, oh, no, that's all a bunch of, that's all conspiracy. This has been debunked. You just make, let me tell you what's going on in the world. I've just got an analogy. I think this one is good. Okay. It, it was a scientific study. This guy poured a bunch of red ants in a jar halfway up. Then he poured black ants on, alive on top of the red ants. I know where you're going with this. You saw this? Mm-hmm. You leave the jar on the table, nothing happens. The red ants stay on the bottom, the black ants stay on the top. Just like a little two-layer cake. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. You shake up the jar, they start to kill each other. Yep. That's what's going on in our country with everything, with the trans mm-hmm. thing, with, with the government, with the Democrats versus the Republicans, with, with the Israel and Ham, Hamas, with Ukraine and Russia. It's all garbage to cause chaos. Yeah, that way you start fighting each other instead of realizing somebody put you in a jar. That's what happens. That's exactly what's happening. So what I'm accusing this guy, James Comer, of is shaking the jar. Shut up. Anyway, uh, here's how this went down, though. 
this the story he told is is credible. So you remember when Hunter Biden called China, uh, an official in China said, hey, what happened to the five, do- five million dollars you owe us? Huh? 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 I'm sitting here with my dad, you know, if you don't send us five million dollars right away, you know, I'm, you know, bad stuff's going to happen. And all of a sudden they ended up with five million dollars. Well, that's how it worked. He threatened the Chinese. They paid him millions. Hunter laundered the money through Owasco, his business firm, and Joe gets paid. Now, of course, Democrats are saying, nah, that was for a truck payment. Right. Well, Jesse Waters explains how this works. So the $40,000 check was just a loan and the series of... Oh, I'm sorry. This is another check. This is a $40,000 check previous to this $1,500 a month he's getting. So the $40,000 check was just a loan and the series of 1,400 payments, that was also just a loan, and Hunter's payments from Burisma, also just loans. Yet Trump takes out legit loans from Deutsche Bank, pays them off with interest, and they want to throw him in prison for that. That's perfect. That mm-hmm. Boom, that's right on the money. What he just said is exactly what's going on. Good old Jesse Waters. He's very good at that, man. Yeah. And, and I think he's hand- Josie handsome. Uh, it's okay. You like men with beards and all that <laughs> terrorist-looking stuff. He does too much dramatic pause, but that's just really editing nitpicking. Yeah. So um, what does the counsel for Hunter Biden say? What does Hunter Biden say? So Hunter says... He was just paying Joe back because he helped him out with car payments. They say Joe helped Hunter make payments on his Ford Raptor. But why would Hunter need a Raptor if he's got a Porsche? Remember, he's got the Porsche for free. The Kazakhstanis bought him a $142,000 Porsche. Here he is driving more than double the speed limit in the Porsche in 2018. And Hunter also owned an Audi at the time. You're telling me Joe Biden, knowing that his son owned a Porsche and an Audi, loaned him money to buy a $50,000 truck? Okay, it's a $100,000 truck. Not I was going to say, the Raptor is very expensive. Huge, major expense. And if that's true, what kind of dad, knowing your son has been in and out of rehab, is loaning him thousands of dollars to buy a third car? That's common sense right there. Absolutely, right? a lot of crack. Now, what about Sarah Biden and that money? Listen to this. Remember when Sarah Biden got the money from China and then sent Joe a check for 40 grand and called it a loan repayment? Mm. No evidence of the loan? Well, just days before, Sarah Biden withdrew $50,000 in cash. Oh. I withdraw cash sometimes. Nothing close to 50000 Where'd the $50,000 go, Sarah? I wonder if it wound up at Joe's house. Uh-huh. Maybe Joe's sewing the cash into his windbreakers like Gold Bar Bob. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gold Bar Bob. I love that Gold Bar Bob. Bob Menendez in New Jersey. Uh, I have the latest on that coming up. Uh, apparently, those gold bars, designs. those gold bars we thought were coming from Egypt, uh-uh, they came from a violent robbery in 2013. What? <laughs> gold Bar Bob. Dude, we need to wipe the slate clean or they're going to destroy this country. These people are all crooks, every single last one of them. And James Comer, if they don't come up with some kind of evidence and actually go through with this impeachment, they're crooks too because they're hiding something. Seriously, because the dragon of the feet just indicates to me that they do the same thing the Democrats do, but they don't want to expose it. They want to seem like they're trying to expose it, but they don't really want to. So they just come out every once in a while and go, yeah, we got a little bit more evidence, and boy, this is really egregious. Wow. Here's the thing that gets me. Those are the people that get elected. 
No, imagine the ones that don't get elected. And, They're and, like doing the same thing, but behind closed doors, we really don't have a say. That's called a bureaucracy. Mm. That's the ones they appoint that don't want anybody to vote for them because they don't have to. All right, so the White House blasts a bunch of people in Philadelphia that went to a Jewish restaurant. Jewish restaurant with a Jewish owner, by the way, a pretty famous chef, and started protesting and call him supporting genocide. At Goldie Falafel Shop in Philadelphia, a lunchtime rush. Little sign of the scene Sunday night where police say four to five hundred protesters gathered. They accuse the restaurant co-owned by Israeli chef Michael Solomonov of supporting genocide in Gaza. Today, the White House called the protest anti-Semitic. Pennsylvania's governor said it echoed 1930s Germany. The purposeful gathering of a mob outside of a restaurant simply because it is owned by a Jewish person? This is right This is right before World War II. This is the Holocaust uh-huh. all over again. And I got a message from my Jewish friends. I love the Jewish community. I dated nothing but Jewish girls in high school. I don't know why that happened, but it did. But, but the thing is, is that, and I support you 100 billion percent, but the thing is, you got to speak louder than these freaks that are going out there that don't know anything about what's going on and are harassing Jewish people. You have got to get in the streets. I know it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to raise your voice out of a very good song. I, I sent you that song, by the way. Yes, it's actually very good. Yeah, you need to get out there and be louder than these cretins that are out there right now protesting and calling Jewish people, good Jewish people, about, you know, for the river to the sea. It's calling for your genocide. But what is with people going to individuals that had nothing to do with anything? It's the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Black people, individuals, certain individuals yelling at white people, saying you're the reason slavery existed when A, you were never a slave, so take a seat B, this white person had nothing to do with your ancestors or whoever being a slave. What is with people going and harassing other good people because they have a similar ethnic background? Because That's called racism. Because, the, the, yeah, racism, and these people are activists. Activists are useless people who don't have any relationships with anybody because you can't have a relationship with them. They're lonely, they're mentally ill, and they feel a sense of purpose when they go out and pick up on something that's cool, they think, and protest it, even though they, they don't know a thing about it. For instance, this one, right? these two right here, listen. Well, when did you guys start supporting Palestine? I've supported Palestine for a couple of years. That's like couple since couple the beginning, years. like yeah. since it has been hitting the fan. Like. Uh, what made you? Just supporting like essential human life. Really not that complicated. It boils down to basic human rights. Basic human rights. Do you know that they behead gay people in Gaza? I know that Israel doesn't support gay people either. Israel has the biggest population. Israel has the biggest population of gay people in the world. Do you know how many gay people die in America? Do you know how many trans people? Have been killed in America this year? How many? Do you know? I don't. Oh, so you're coming here to ask me questions and you don't have the facts yourself? Do you consider yourself a journalist? You just asked me a question. Do you consider yourself a journalist? Uh, no, I don't consider myself a journalist. Okay, so I can ask you a question. So you want, do you want to tell me, though, the, the number of gay people that died in America? Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, these, but you don't know. Okay, these gotcha. are stupid a-holes mm-hmm. who, who even get, they get belligerent when somebody calls them out and they don't have an answer because they don't know. They're stupid. They're ignorant. They're shallow. And see, that's the part I don't get is where like they stop right there at stop step one. They're like, I'm going to support this. You know you don't know anything, especially mm-hmm. when you can't come up with the answer. Now, if you don't know, maybe shut up so you don't look so dumb. Wouldn't that stop you from saying something? Yep. I mean, I don't know. Now, 
Here's something Democrats always do and call Republicans, and especially Trump. They call him a fascist, okay? Except that there's more proof, and there's more proof from yesterday, that they're the ones who are fascists. Kelsey Grammer, Frazier's coming back, right? Right. It's, yeah, he's back. So he did an interview on the BBC. Oh, no. And years ago, when he was on the original Frazier, um, he, on an interview, said he supported Donald Trump in 2016. Actually, it was 2015 when he did the interview. So on Monday... He was on an interview with the BBC, and Kelsey Grammer was asked again. Now, you got to understand, the BBC, it's in the UK. They're not, I mean, yeah, they're, they're political, but they're not, they're not as negative on Trump as we are. That's something unique here because our media is absorbed with hating Trump. So um, they, they don't think the question's out of line. They asked mm -hmm. a, a, a celebrity, a TV actor from the United States, hey, now that they got done with all the Kelsey Grammer, you know. Uh, Frazier stuff. Frazier stuff. They asked, what do you think of the presidency? Are you still backing Donald Trump? Soon as Kelsey Grammer said, yes, I'm backing him again. Soon as he said that, the producers from Paramount ended the interview. It was like, what? Cut it. Cut it right there. Why? They freaked out. Because he said what he felt? Yep. With that comment, Paramount PR team abruptly ended the interview, pulled him out of the studio. I mean... Viewers were very confused as to what was going on because it seemed like an overreaction, which actually it was. So if he said no, they'd applaud him and go, keep going, yes, say more. Right. But the even the 68-year-old actor was like, what the hell's going on here? Because he wanted to just continue the discussion. Right. As a matter of fact, after the interview uh, was cut, the BBC, uh, what do they call them there, presenters, said this. That was the end of it. Though I have to say, actually, Kelsey Grammer himself was perfectly happy to go on talking about it. The Paramount Plus PR people, less happy that he talked about it at some length. They'll so be we, really thrilled that you we, mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really thrilled. Anyway, they, uh, they decided that uh, we'd had plenty of time for our interview. But I should stress that he was absolutely perfectly happy to talk about why he supports Donald Trump and still does. That's fascism. That's being a fascist. When are celebrities going to, or anybody for that matter, going to stand up to their own publicist and be like, no, back off. Go sit down in your little sit-down room, in your little publicist room, and shut the hell up and let me finish my interview. Because they'll railroad you and you won't have a career. You get another publicist. There's a zillion of them. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, but how many play for that team? But the point is, is that we live in a fascist society right now, driven by the left. We do. Oh, no, you know. It's it's a commie subversion tactic. That's what they do. Like, if you open the communist handbook, I'm like, how to get a whole society moving in that direction. What you do is you find all the people that don't agree with your commie values, and you start calling them things that have already been associated with bad people. Whether they fit the Professor Smokestack, Professor Smokestack, he's full of random tidbits and other useless crap. Go ahead. Now, uh, you put them in that box, whether they fit that mold or not, because you're already associating those words with bad people. Fascism, Nazis, bad, very bad. So as long as we lump these people in with this bad group, whether they're part of it or not, it, you associate with bad. And the more they do it, the more you associate, and then you're in. Well, you want to know the, the issue that you're finding a lot of celebrities in these days, which I think is kind of, it's kind of funny that it's coming back and biting them in the ass. All the ones that hated Donald Trump, the Michael Rappaports, in this specific case, I'm going to tell you, Isla Fisher. If you don't know who Isla Fisher is, she's married to Sasha Boren Cohen, who is Borat. Okay, yeah. Right? They hated Donald Trump. They're big, uh, big Democrats, right? Even when she accepted uh, an, an award speech, she went up there. I forget what award show it was. And she said, because um, she's got long red hair, she said, I want to thank Donald Trump because I think... 
I wouldn't be here without him showing the world that unqualified orange people can win things. So that was like a slam. That's nice. Right? So then the other day, the other thing you don't know about Isla Fisher and Sasha Boren Cohen is they're Jewish. She wasn't born Jewish. She converted to Judaism when she married him. Right. So now you're getting a lot of people in Hollywood that are Democrats, but they're Jewish, so they feel kind of split. And so... Isla Fisher came out and posted a quote the other day. It wasn't from her, but I thought it was interesting because you'll see a lot of, like Deborah Messing said something similar the other day too, which normally hates Trump, super far left, right? Uh, Isla Fisher calling out progressive feminists who usually would be against any kind of violence against women, any kind of rape. And she said, progressive feminists say rape is violence. um, Unless, of course, it's the rape of Israeli women. Then apparently rape is resistance. Yeah. So you're getting this split you'll see in the world of Hollywood is the point I'm trying to get to that where it used to be very cut and dry and black and white. These people are on this side and these people are on this side. Now all of a sudden it's like, hmm, but you know, you should be able to say, and I guarantee she probably got blowback for that. Oh yeah. You know, just like Kelsey Grammer, they yanked him from the show for saying he supports Donald Trump. Isn't that crazy? That's It's insane. We've gotten to this point. Listen to this. West Melbourne. There's a bar out there called the Westside Sports Bar and Lounge. In there, they have a picture of Ron DeSantis. Somebody pulled it off the wall, and they got it on video. Especially with the election year coming up, I want zero, I will have zero tolerance to any behavior like this. We put our things on the wall that we work hard for and we appreciate on the walls, and that's where they're going to stay. Good for him. Gary Mm -hmm. Kirby, the owner. The uh, video sees a man uh, take the framed picture of the governor off the wall and walk it back to the men's room. Kirby said he believed the man damaged the picture during that time. He was in the bathroom. He said the uh, he's worried that the event will bring about future political motivated vandalism. They come into my diner. We'll show you. Mm-hmm. Come on in, man. You try it. We had a guy that did that once. He tried to take something down from the veteran wall? Oh, no. He tried to get in the diner and deface the veteran wall. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know which jail he's in, but... Yeah, this guy did not get arrested. No. So they haven't shared his name, but uh, the, he did file a police report, so I guess they're working on it. Yep. Is Ron DeSantis uh, still going to continue running even though he's being smashed by uh, Trump? He's up in Iowa, and he did what the governor in Iowa suggested, which is visit every single of the 99 counties up there that not only, I mean, I know this is probably a little bit of that, uh, what's the word, uh, not suspicion, um, tradition, not tradition, what's the word between Suspicion and tradition? Yeah, you know. Uh, You're uh, suspiciously traditional. No, when you do something only because it's not traditional, but because it, you, you no, think it brings expected. you good luck. Oh, uh, oh superstitious. Uh, superstitious. Superstitious. Yeah. I think this is a superstitious thing. If you visit every county in Iowa, which is 99 counties. You uh, win? You'll win. So he did that. NBC News and Kristen Welker, the one that remember did the sort of interview with Trump who wouldn't let him answer any questions. She answered for him. Kristen Welker was on with Rodden DeSantis says, well, you know, you just need to quit. That, that's probably the best thing you should do. And yet former President Trump is still 27 points ahead of you in the state. So, Governor, I have to ask you, are you committed to staying in this race through the Iowa caucuses? Well, I'll tell you what, doing all 99 counties is a tradition here. It's something that Governor Reynolds advised that I do. And it's it's a way to, one, show that you're earning people's support. Uh, two, it's a way to hear from real people uh, outside of kind of the media bubble about what's important to them. And then I think, three, it reminds you that at the end of the day, uh, you're a servant. You're not a ruler. 
Yeah, I think it'd make a good present. I really do. It's a shame. Maybe next time. Uh, anyway, the Meet the Press moderator tried to pin DeSantis, even he gave that answer right there, which is kind of, you know, So fluffy. just to be clear, you are committed to staying in the race through the caucuses. Of course I am. I mean, it's absurd that I wouldn't be. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, what people in Iowa and even the other early states, they do not want the media choosing the Republican nominee. Uh, They do not want narrative to trump over their decisions. And so I see a lot of resistance on the ground here to some of the things that have tried to be spun, whether it's through polls, whether it's through pundits. Uh, And I think that's a good thing. I think you're going to see on caucus night people's voice be heard. Yeah. I love Ron, but the thing is, man, dude, it's probably not your time. Um, unless something miraculous happens, uh, I'd rather see Ron than uh, what's her face, Haley. Haley. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: they all pretend to hate each other until it's like I know. Then they love each other. But at the same time, it's like um, it's okay. We need him here in Florida for the moment. How many? How many people that you know used to hate Donald Trump, but he would go after? That like now sing his praises. Ted Cruz loves Trump now. He called Ted Cruz's wife a dog. <laughs> Bow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. You know what I'm saying? He I put know. Lindsey Graham's personal cell phone out there. Now Lindsey Graham's like, I love Donald Trump. <laughs> it's just funny to watch everybody flip, you know, with the moment. All right. So North Korean leader Kim Jong Un, the one who um, assassinated what it called executed his own uncle with a sidewinder missile on the no. ground not from a jet overhead don't forget about the other relative that he, uh, he starved the dogs oh, the dogs and then let the dogs eat him two weeks starved family member <laughs> why did i think pigs is there a movie where somebody feeds people to the pigs yes it's a guy ritchie movie okay gotcha okay guy ritchie wow what a what a flashback is that train spotting no because of pigs will eat anything i feed them Wow. So Kim Jong-un is a little nervous. He says that right now, uh, families in North Korea are having 1.8 children. Their population is diminishing. How do you have a 0.8 of a child? Oh, I don't well, know. We have 2.1 child that's like per- being per- kind of pregnant. <laughs> I don't know how is that possible? Well, the birth rates are dropping. So he actually, I don't know if you saw it, it's pretty freaking scary, gathered all these moms and it's not like you think moms here, Lululemons, you know, one wearing a bandana, the other's got a mm-hmm. gym short. No, no. They're all dressed in like geisha outfits and, and oh, it's geisha, n- yeah. geisha, whatever. It's really strange looking, but there's hundreds of thousands, there's thousands of them in this stadium. And he comes in and does this speech <gasps> and tells them they need to fix this now. They need to get pregnant and they have to have at least five to eight children. Didn't Putin say the same thing to Russia? He was like, we yeah. need more people. Start having babies. Nobody wants to have babies in these countries. Yeah, you, get, you ain't got no money. <laughs> the United Nations Population Fund estimates that as of 2023, the fertility rate or the average number of children being born to a woman in North Korea is not enough to keep the population growing. As a matter of fact, it's shrinking. I love how they say, it's such a man thing to say too, go have a bunch of babies. It's like, they said it like, go make a roast chicken. Go have seven babies. <laughs> like, it's so easy. <laughs> wow, and it's also happening in South Korea, but of course, they don't have a dictator that can get there and order them to get pregnant. <laughs> So is that's what he's doing. Greetings. It is Kim Jong-un. And this is the age of getting things done. Especially if you want to further the North Korean population. That's why there's Kim Alice. The pill that works when I'm ready. That's right. Whenever I deem it necessary, I will order you to pop a Kim Alice and get busy. You there. What are you doing? Dear leader, I am simply on my way to work. No. You are on your way back home to take a Kim Alice and get busy with your wife. The birth rate is low. You will help create more people. But dear leader. 
Commissioner, I have a responsibility to my employer and- Guards, execute this man who is not going home to his wife to get romantic with her. And then execute his employer for distracting him from his duty as a man. Okay, very well. I will go home to my wife. Very good. Ask your doctor if Kim Alice is right for you. And he had better say yes. Kim Alice, try it today. Try it. Try it now. The Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Are we ready to get crazy? Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. sure. Yeah. Having fun with the world gone crazy. We just right. taking the fire alarm this morning. Smoke just Usain bolted to the door to close it so we wouldn't hear the alarm. It's for my heart attack. I'm <laughs> doing the fire <laughs> test. Are we supposed to go out in the parking lot in our pajamas? No, we can't. <laughs> Uh, this is brought to you by All Electric Services. So, you know, we're lucky enough. I think we're lucky enough. Can you ask your son to go get in this position? Honey, go to your room. We need you there. Whatever. You're not my real mom. <laughs> uh, you know, we live with a lot of theme parks right in our backyard here in Orlando, and I consider us pretty lucky um, if you have a lot of money. And this story came out the other day about how Nick Cannon, who's got 11 children, by the way, I can't even imagine how much he spends on taking his kids to Disneyland. Now, I did a little math, which I do how? It goes which, every month. I know, which I don't normally do math. I don't make a habit of it. But the baseline for Disney World, I had to look this up. And Disney World and Disneyland, similar in price, is a little different. But the baseline for Disney vacation for a family of four, we're talking two adults, one child that's either 10 or older, and another child that might be a little smaller, say between three and nine, Costs about $6,800. Oh, my God. Now, that's only the flight and the transportation to and from Disney. Oh. And the tickets for Disney. That doesn't include hotel or food. So, it's probably going to cost you upwards of ten grand, which is, I think, what we said the other day, right? I mean, the food alone can be tough because, I mean, you're talking a $15 popsicle. Right. So, that's a family of four. Nick God. Cannon, if you take just his 11 children and himself is a family of 12, I'm assuming right. he's not going to take 11 kids to Disney on his own. He's going to need their mothers there, so add five to that. Right. You know, so that's about 17 people. Is those park opera passes? So, so how much does he spend? So he is saying that he spends $200,000 a year taking his kids to Disneyland. Well, now, he probably doesn't get the Florida resident discount. Well, this is in California. <laughs> 
So it would make no sense if you had Florida. I'm a California resident, maybe. But I did a little bit of math because I thought, does he have annual passes for everybody? Or does he pay daily tickets? Because to get in for a park app, like say, let's say you do the park hopper ticket and it's a tier three. It's the highest tier you can go. Right. Does he land for adults? Cheaper, it's right? two hundred and nineteen dollars, and for kids, it's two hundred eleven, which sounds a little cheaper than here, doesn't it? Well, how many parks does Disneyland have? They have one have? big park, but it includes everything. It like they have stuff in their one park that might we for us would be some of it would be in Hollywood Studios, some of it would be in Magic Kingdom. So they really don't have a, like a park hopper thing. Then. No, but it's this is. It's called a park hopper. Is what when you look it up, that's what it says. Um, so I, then I went to annual pass, and I thought, well, maybe he's smart enough to get an annual pass. And he thought, hey, I'll just buy everybody annual passes, and we can go to Disney whenever we want. It says on the website at least that an annual pass for Disneyland is sixteen forty nine. So let's say sixteen fifty, right? Um, so if you do Nick plus eleven, that's roughly twenty thousand dollars. So I'm oh. thinking to myself, he's where are you got getting? More than- well. Now He's got to have a whole team of nannies. He ain't taking care of all them kids. Well, I'm thinking not even the nannies. I'm He'd thinking he probably gets like a VIP tour of some sort so yeah. they don't have to be out with right. regular people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably get like a cut of the <laughs> of line Of course they thing. do. They don't have to wait for anything. Yeah, Nick Cannon probably forgets he has kids while he's there. He's like, I, I left him with the employee. We lost four of them. That's all right. He got six well, left. 11. <laughs> well, remember, he used to work for Disney. He hosted a Christmas, Christmas morning at Disneyland. He got everything for free, but that's not the case anymore. Right. Oh, yeah. So we had to actually... He says he takes them once a month. So you would think it would make sense to get an annual pass if you're going once a month. And that would be, what, 20 grand for you and the 11 kids? If you throw God. them in for all the moms, it's probably like upwards of, I don't know, 40, 50,000. So in my brain, I'm going, what the hell is he getting $200,000? And then, like Smoke said, with the food and the drink and then those Mickey balloons that cost 40 bucks every time you buy one. Yeah, a kid wants a lightsaber. You're done for, man. And you got 11 of those to do. So oh. that's... That's a lot. They're there, he said, once a month, and I thought, whew. I don't know if this applies, but we played this once before. Disney is raising its theme park rates again. But I can barely afford to go now. Then let us help. We're Disney Financial. (laughs) Disney Financial will get you the cash you need to visit Disney. When my kid asks why mommy has a webcam in the bedroom, I don't have to explain anymore that mommy does what she has to do so you can go see Elsa. (laughs) With Disney Financial, now all of my kids can enjoy Disney. Because I won't have to sell any of them. And Disney Financial isn't some Mickey Mouse bank that will charge you goofy fees. As soon as I got my loan from Disney Financial, I called that guy downtown and told him flat out, Sorry, bud, I'm keeping my kidney. Thanks to Disney Financial, I don't have to scam grandmas out of their social security checks anymore. But I probably will. Come to Disney with Disney Financial. We'll make your bank account the happiest place on earth. (laughs) They, they hate us. That's all right. But wh- it's, why, it's for though? rich. It's for rich people now. It is for rich people. But th- that's my point: is why hate us? Because we're literally reading prices off of your website. We're not saying anything that's false or bad. We're just reading your prices. No, we had a little activist who was listening to us because the rest of them don't care. There's someone from a salesperson from another station that called Disney and was like, "Look what they're saying! Where I poop my diapers." <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So then Disney got all mad, you know, but I mean, we're not saying anything wrong. I love Disney. I was at Disney Springs yesterday. I just said I was walking around buying stuff at Disney Springs. Took a picture in front of the tree. When I can afford to go, I'll go. (laughs) That's going to be a long time. Yeah, right. 
But, um, hey, Smoke, do you have Jessica Simpson ready for me? <laughs> Duh. Okay. These are the dumbest things you've ever heard somebody say. Feel free to chime in if you have any of your own. Um, I had a boss that once said, oh, you don't want kids? You should have one and just try it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you can put it back if you don't like it. Uh, a woman tried to send back a dish. She didn't understand the components of it and tried to tell me that she couldn't eat it because she was allergic to crunchy. To like, crunchy Like what? the texture. A crunchy texture. Like, She's allergic what? to the uh, like, texture. Right. Like I'm not, It's not a specific food. I'm just allergic to crunchy. I could tell you the one I had at the diner. Remember that years ago? She sent back the dish. The, the waitress comes over to the window at the kitchen and goes, yeah, um, sh- the lady wants to know if you can take the sperm off her egg. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Wait, you, you what? Know, you know when you have the egg and sometimes there's a little, you know, gooey little thing that floats around the yolk? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what that is, though. I know it's not, but this, that's what she said it was. She goes, yeah, I don't like my eggs with sperm. Wow. Oh, man. A friend of mine said she got more tan when riding her bike than she did when she was walking because she was closer to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that a couple inches makes all the difference. It does, doesn't it? Another friend of mine said she couldn't take Southwest Airlines because she was flying east to Florida. <laughs> no, no, no. God. No. Oh, my God. Uh, my sister once asked me how long I've had my birthmark. And well. I just looked at her. Oh, man. Um, let's see. I thought Kalamazoo was a made-up place like Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no one said that. Who said that? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Oh, God. What? No way. Somebody else asked if you have a, yon- a longer yardstick. <laughs> a longer yardstick. Oh, these are excellent. Let's see what else. Raw oysters are really good if you cook them right. Is this chicken what I have, or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken by wow. the sea. Can we frame this? It's <laughs> crazy. This list it? is awesome. Just put it up on the wall. Just we, we should read it every morning, then we wouldn't be so angry on the air when we read stupid people stories. That's true. So, <sighs> does everybody know who Billie Eilish is? Yes. Okay. So, Billie Eilish the other day said something I thought was kind of... People love to say something, and then they go back, and I, I can't really put my finger on if it's them that has time to sit there and think about maybe what they've said or if a publicist comes to them and says, hey, you know what? We can get a lot of exposure off of this. Make a big deal about this. Oh, I think maybe they probably see a comment or two and then... Go ahead, Rick. See, my hand Rick's was up. Rick's raising his hand. Like my hand was up okay, first. Right, well, okay. No, she has to think of a way to paint herself as a victim. That's how you get liked more. So Billie Eilish mm. was on the red carpet, I forget for what, and she was being interviewed by Variety Magazine. And I watched the whole video, and it's Billie walks up to this girl who's this beautiful girl, um, who the the girl that's interviewing Billie happens to be gay, and she's asking Billie these questions. So listen to how this goes. We gotta talk about your cover story, because you mentioned that you felt like for a long time women didn't like you, and when that came out, all the women were like, we no, like we her. love her. I know. How did that reception feel? Did your, has your mind changed a little bit? I'm still scared of them, but I think they're pretty. <laughs> Billy, did you mean did you mean to come out in the story, girl? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I kind of thought, wasn't it obvious? Like it's kind of been 
I just, I didn't realize people didn't know, so. We need to get to a point where you don't even have to come out, so. I, I, I just don't really believe in it. I'm just like, why can't we just exist? I've been doing this for a long time, and I just didn't talk about it. Well, what are you, 12? Same. I literally was like to my mom and dating women now. But I was like, I was like, I saw the articles. I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I came out today. I was like, oh, I guess, okay, cool. But I'm, I'm, it's exciting to me because. You know, I guess people didn't know, so it's cool that they know. But ooh, I'm nervous talking about it. Oh, I'm nervous. Okay. I'm gay. About you're it. safe. Okay, cool. Yeah, but no, it's uh, I am for the girls. Uh, I'm gay. You're safe. As if she- that's what the host said. She said, "I'm gay. You're safe." In I other feel like words, the host kind of shoved her into that. Like, oh, I didn't need to come out. She's like, maybe she just saw, thought the girls were pretty. That doesn't well, mean she right. like needs to. You yeah, get, she outed her. Well, let's say if I was standing there and someone was like, "Yeah, what do you think of uh, like the red carpet tonight?" I could be like, "Wow, Scarlett Johansson looks gorgeous. This person Joe, looks gorgeous." I didn't know you were gay. Doesn't mean I'm gay if I think other women women are beautiful. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. she did say, Billy, did you mean to out yourself? So I felt like Billy could have... Yeah, but then she was worried about backlash. If she has right there said, I just didn't out myself. I could or- say, well, no, but I'm allowed to think other women are pretty. Why can't you just say that? But she went along with it saying, yes, I've, I'm, I'm for the women. So she went She al- said that? Did I you hear a, at the end? She said, yeah. Re- oh, I thought it was a reporter saying that she's for the women. Well, she goes, I'm gay, you're safe. And she goes, oh, okay. She goes, yeah, but no, I'm for the women, is what she said. Oh, she did say and that. And that's when she said, did you mean to come out? And she goes, well, I didn't know I hadn't. I thought it was obvious. Yeah, no, I heard that part. I am also for the women. So yeah, now Billie Eilish women. is criticizing Variety magazine, saying that they outed her without her permission. Uh, is it just uh, is it just me because I'm getting older? But do you listen to that conversation? Does that some kind of does that feel like ants on your skin? I mean, it, it just feels like a little high school conversation, right? Like a little just a trivial little crap, and mm-hmm. then then they make bigger thing about trivial little crap on the news later. And but now she's going to get backlash regardless. You want to know why? Because everybody cares. Well, you're going to get people <laughs> that say that. Oh well, she, well you you think people don't care? The whole LGBT community is going to have something to say about that why? because you're going to have some people that will say, oh, wow, she, she, you know, she's so brave. And then you're going to have some people that say, well, you had a host that tried to be supportive of you. And now you're saying, this was Billy's quote, thanks, Variety, for my award, but also for outing me on the red carpet and s- instead of asking me about anything that matters. I mean, do, does it matter? None of your crap matters, okay? You had a nice song in the beginning. I liked it. I loved it, as a matter of fact. Then you went off into those other whispering songs and you go away. My point is, nobody's <laughs> ever going to be happy with what you no. say ever. No, yeah. and, the, and the alphabet mafia has to have an angry response to just about everything. Exactly. You would think they'd be like, wow, Billy Billy no. came out. Good for you. They'll be like, well, she came out, but then she bashed the other lady who's also gay for trying to support her. Trying, what, are you embarrassed to be gay? What are you embarrassed? This is going to turn you. into a thing. You One watch. nuclear bomb dropped and all this goes away. <laughs> and you just have to realize. We and have I no feel, perspective. None. I feel like we, I don't know how early on in radio career you, you maybe learned this. I learned it pretty quickly. Um, you learn that you're never going to please 100% of the people 100% of the time, and it would be too exhausting to try, so stop trying. Yeah, but you know what happened? If you look at radio around the country, radio's destroyed. Radio's over. It's all owned by corporate media, and corporate media's goal is not to offend anyone. Well, yeah. we're lucky enough to work in a little bubble that we have here, just the three of us, where Rick, if you don't know this, Rick happens to be our boss, and we happen to be in a, for lack of a better term, I'll borrow this t- this uh, this phrase, a safe space, where we could say whatever the hell we want yeah. and not get in trouble for it pretty much, as long as we're not saying anything crazy, but it's what? like, we can say our opinions and not have people attack us. I've worked for companies oh, yeah. and worked with people that are like, we can't say that. Why can't we say that? It's what I think. <gasps> no, you might offend 
offend someone, so what? I'm going to offend somebody anyway because no matter what I say, somebody out there is not going to like what I say. And you know, corporate radio, they have... Remember when the CIA came up with conspiracy theory when they shot Kennedy? I'm sorry, yeah. I, I didn't say that. When they, the Kennedy was assassinated, they said, well, all these stories about the CIA being involved, that's a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. to make people that would come up with these ideas... Sound crazy? Sound crazy. They used to say to you, like, if I wanted to say what I felt, it's not because I wanted to say what I felt. I would get pulled in an office and say, who do you think you are? Howard Stern? You're no Howard Stern. Nobody wants to listen to what you... At one time, nobody wanted to listen to what Howard Stern said. I got news for you. But that was the conspiracy theory. Yeah. It was Howard Stern was the word they would use against you. Well, see, I think it's hard enough to be yourself than to have to be yourself and worry about what people think about you. Yeah. Offensive. These companies don't... I mean, you know, Thanks, God, our company does. Maybe the line's broken. They don't have access to what we're doing. But, <laughs> but uh, they don't. They want everybody to be vanilla and do things like ask people to call in and ask them what their favorite pizza topping exactly. is. And that's it. They don't want you to do anything else. And then do the weather. But don't be offensive with the weather. Don't say it's going to be 90. Or don't say, say that you don't like rain because someone out there loves rain and then you're, they're not going to listen yeah. to you ever, ever again because you said you don't like rain. Yeah. Yeah. Don't play this song. It's too harsh. I mean, this is what radio, that's why radio is over. I mean, it's, Done. it's really all media. It's got to be mass appeal because otherwise you'll cut out some of the shareholders and anger them and we need the money. Yeah. Local news. News is slushy. The, the TV stations, that's a slushy. It's, it's just sweet garbage. But I sugar. think that's why also you have different shows for different people. You know, yeah. we happen to be very lucky. Uh, listener is amazing. Our listener, I mean, people that listen to us, you are amazing. And it's and they are very, um, when I first moved down here. Well, they're here, very supportive. That, I mean, they're, and they're, de- they're dedicated in a way that I've never experienced in radio before. Because ever. there hasn't, in, I've been here three times. I started in 1979. Um, there, there's never been anything in this market like this in the morning. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. This market's always been ivory bland, you know, jokey, jokey, 5,000 people in the morning show. Nobody's really funny. They just make a lot of noise. And you might have a person that likes that because they say, look, I, it's, it's too serious with the news when I'm on my way to work. I really just want something lighthearted and some music to take my mind off mm-hmm. of the seriousness. But then you have some people that say, hey, I want to know what's going on in the world, but also in a funny way, because I think maybe the kind of way we do it is that we we make fun of everything, including ourselves. And like, we still meet resistance, though. You suck, you <laughs> jackass. Oh, believe me, for sure. That guy keeps calling. I don't know why. <laughs> like, there are people that get upset when I talk about Taylor Swift, but I'm about to talk about her again, because I got a hate text from her this morning asking why well, I no, talked I, about Look, her. I, I recognize... When something's this long, Taylor Swift is adored by, I admit it openly, by an immense amount of people. What's she's, today's date? She's Bro- making a ton of money. She just breathes and people mm-hmm. send her cash. It's, it's. I don't like her, but that's not my, your problem. I like you her, know. but I'm not like over the top obsessed with her. You're Yesterday, not chasing around with a mason jar trying to collect her farts or anything. Right. <laughs> I understand that I listen to her music you and get I, the under, hype. I get it. I mean, I she it. made $100 million just off of Spotify. That's not her tour. That's not her merch. That's not her albums. That is just Spotify. This year, she Spotify made $100 million. Like and three and tenths Spotify, of a penny per play, isn't it? And Spotify lost $462 million last year. They're still not profitable, but they gave Taylor Swift 100 Yeah, so that's... she's. That's the value. Kind of a big deal. And she's dating Travis Kelsey, who if you were in the football world to begin with, you knew and probably liked Travis Kelsey. But now that they're together, it's this big thing. The NFL likes it because people, their ratings are huge when Taylor happens to be at the game. And until this past Sunday, 
the Kansas City Chiefs had won every game where Taylor Swift was present. Oh, man. You think it's one of those, like, a media-arranged marriage? Well, this past Sunday was a little different because Kansas City Chiefs lost because they were playing Green Bay and Rodgers was back. And so... This was like, there. it was this big black cloud, like, oh, Taylor Swift is here and we lost. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, the reports on ESPN was, well, Taylor Swift lost us one. I mean, it was, that's how ridiculous it's gotten. It's been almost dubbed instead of like the NFL Network or the Fox Sports Network. It is 100% Taylor Football Network. Coming up on TFN, the Taylor Football Network. All of the NFL action centered around one woman, Taylor Swift. Don't miss all of the plays. And the running back has it. He cuts down the middle and oh, he fumbles the ball. And it's probably all because of Taylor Swift somehow. Don't miss the controversial calls. After reviewing the play and consulting with Taylor Swift, the ruling on the field is overturned. No touchdown. Hush Eller, big fan. And don't miss the post-game interviews. We had a really tough game out there, but we managed to come out with the win. And it's all thanks to Taylor Swift. Love you, T-Swift. TFN, the Taylor Football Network. Tune in now. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Hey, uh, next hour we'll have uh, things I find on the internet. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so we're going to have a few of those sound bites you guys love. I always get comments on that. Yeah. Love that thing with the thingy and the thing with the Rick that get in the internet. Because it's random and it's funny, usually, or insane. All right, here we go. So Ronald Reagan, by the way, this update is brought to you by Farron Farrer. Ronald Reagan once said, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much of what isn't so. So uh, here's the problem. The media should have learned from 2016 and 2020 what Trump's all about. They don't spend any time trying to figure out why so many people love Trump and why he's having a resurgence right now. Because, you know, mm. as Jill said earlier, there's a lot of people that would never, ever in the world think of voting for Trump, especially in Hollywood. And now you hear it. You hear it. Black, let's take the black population in this country. It was only 7% that voted for Trump in 2016, and he won. Now there's 22% of surveyed voters, African-American, that are saying they're going to vote for Trump. And we're still a whole year away. Mm-hmm. Latinos is even bigger. They've gone from 13% to 37%. Biden's losing support from everywhere. Now he's fighting this internal battle because he supported Israel, which is the right thing to do. But internally, you don't hear about it. That's cracking because he needs those Muslims because he's losing everybody else. And now Muslims even had a big meeting. I don't know how they did it. Maybe it was on Zoom the other day, especially in Michigan, where they said that he's lost almost all support. 47% of Muslims voted for Biden last election. Now it's down to 16% and diving because he said he supports Israel. Because he said he supports Israel. But now he's going back on that and trying to be like all buddy, buddy with Palestine and you're losing and then the Jews are going whoa what the hell yep yeah it makes you realize because when when corporations do that it's because they're trying to make the shareholders feel good now when a politician or president does it what shareholders are you trying to make feel good about this yeah this is a Bud Light moment for Biden but it doesn't matter because at this point uh, Trump is running away with it and that might change again it's a year away
But the media hasn't understood why people vote for Trump. It's not because, first of all, it's his policies. That's one thing, because they do remember a better time. Remember, when he came into office, inflation was 1.5%. Gas was $1.89. I have a freaking picture. Remember that? Of a Shell station. Listener, you know, wrote in some hate mail and said, oh, you know, something about the gas. I forget what it was. And I decided that day, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of this because I, I knew that I think this was right after Biden got elected. He mm-hmm. wasn't in office yet. You but said you watch. I'll need this a couple years from now, right? Yes. I have a picture of a shell station on 1792 in, Cas- in uh, yeah, Cas- was it, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Dollar eighty nine. Dollar. I still have the picture. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know where that went. And uh, and I sent it back to him recently. I forgot to tell you. Did that. you really? Yeah, I haven't heard a response. You're I mean, I'm not going to hear anything. Not, yeah. No, of course not. But it's not just the policies. It's it's the way. This sounds ridiculous to some people because it also makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes with the things he says off the cuff. But it's what you get. He's not a politician. He never says, let me be clear. Listen to his speeches. Not once will you hear him take do that politician fist thing. You know that thing with the thumb over the top of your mm-hmm. fingers folded? You know politicians do that? Yep. They learn that in politician school. Yep. He never says, let me be clear. Because he's not a politician. The other thing you got to understand about Trump, he was worth $3.7 billion when he got into office in 2016. You know what he's worth now? $2.5 billion. He lost $1.2 billion being in office. Most people make that. Being exactly. In the other thing is, the president makes a salary of 400 plus thousand. He didn't take any of that. There's no president in the history of this country, if I, I may be wrong, but I don't think there's any president in the history of this country that has not taken their salary. You know, no, most people in these media outlets don't know a lot about Donald Trump and they will never, ever research him. The things he did for black colleges across this country, the thing he does just in regular, regular, ordinary day to day life for people that nobody knows anything about. For black people, brown people, white people, doesn't matter. He never saw color. But that's another story, and they won't even know that. So they're back at the same thing they did for the last two elections, and here they are. Trump is promising to resort to an authoritarian tactic should he become president again. If you don't think he is dying to silence his critics in the media, think again. His top priority, if he becomes president again, is vengeance. Donald Trump uses Nazi terminology to dehumanize his opponents. This is, it, it, it's just, it's almost laughable at this point that these people on all these major networks go back to using that crap. Nobody believes you anymore, dude. You're down to 27% respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're hoping somebody like Smoke was talking about earlier, you use all the trigger words because you hope somebody that's ignorant out there hears you refer to Donald Trump as a Nazi and then you go, well, I can't vote for him. They and, just called him a Nazi. Well, that's the thing. It's like the first time people hear it, that's what they think. And the second time and the third time. And by the time you've heard it a hundred times, you just make the association. Yeah, but even dumb people are not falling for it anymore. They really aren't because they see what now. Now they feel it themselves when they go to the grocery store. Oh, see, when, when, when it touches you, then all of a sudden it becomes real. Yeah. Right? Here was Trump over the weekend uh, responding over to all the this. Over the past few years, you've watched Biden and his band of Marxist, communist, fascists try to crush free speech, censor their critics, criminalize dissent, destroy attorney client privilege and even attempt to imprison their leading electoral rival by far on bogus charges. That happens to be me, in case you forget. Happens to be me. 
But somehow I'm not worried. I'm not worried. That's why we're doing this, because we have to straighten out our country. Now, you got to understand one thing. It's, it's not only that they hate Trump because he's got orange hair and orange skin. They hate Trump because they don't want any president, Democrat or Republican, to actually act as a president. Mm-mm. No, because when you point out the stuff, it makes them look stupid. Like, oh, you've been like Gavin Newsom, prime example. When Chinese President Xi Jinping comes over, he can clean the homeless and the drug addicts off the sidewalk overnight. He proved that he could. Yeah. When, when, like, when you have an event that, you know, or somebody in that proves that they can do it, it makes everybody else who hasn't been doing it look like they've been sitting on their hands. Can't have you making me look bad. Now, can I? You either play the game we all play where we pretend to do stuff and just take the money or we have to get kick you out of the club. The bureaucracy is the meat in between the two what pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. They run this country. They're unelected. They're, they're the millions of people that work in the government, mostly lean left, and they're the ones who want to pick the leader for you. And they manipulate everything that way. But they mostly lean left. And what, what happens is they don't want Trump in there because all of a sudden they have a president that wants to be president and do presidential things, like fix problems instead of just creating crisis so they can get more power by telling you they're going to fix problems and not fixing them. Mm-hmm than the other presidents. So that's why they hate Trump. And Laura Ingram explains it really well right here. Now, for as long as I can remember, it's always been socially progressive, like the Democrat Party. It's She's talking about the bureaucracy. It's always had a weakness for China, like the Democrat Party. It's very friendly to plutocrats who donate to the right politicians. And like the Democratic Party, it despises middle America, who it sees as fundamentally evil. Now, ask yourself this. At the Department of HHS, Health and Health and Human Services, are they going to promote pro-lifers within the federal bureaucracy? At the Department of Education, are they going to promote people who believe in homeschooling? At the Department of Treasury, are they going to promote people who worry about the trade deficit? At the State Department, are they going to promote people who don't trust the EU or the CCP? And at the Pentagon, are they going to promote anyone who opposes having a woke military? No, they're not. So, remember, if you vote for Trump, the world's going to end. Senate confirmation. And that's why they keep doing this stuff like this. And then, even though Trump left office, office per the Constitution on January 20th, 2021, the Trump derangement sufferers have to leapfrog to 2029. Do you believe if Donald Trump were elected next year that he would try to stay in office beyond a second term? That he would never leave office? There's no question. <laughs> that's How a, would you know? That's a grown person, an adult. Super hypothetical, double hypothetical, what do you think? With a degree on network television, that was ABC News, saying that. Saying that. Here's what I don't get. The definition of an insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We're already going down the pooper. So if you think we're going down the same path and we just keep doing what we're doing, that things are going to get better, they're not. So what do they think? Oh, they try to spin it and make it Donald Trump that's going to end the world? We're, I've, i got to be honest with you. I kind of feel like we're already headed there right now. And this mm. drives people further into the Trump League. I mean, they really does. So CNN's Dana Bash challenged Progressive Caucus uh, Chair Pramila... Jayapal. Is that my name? Jayapal. She's a Democrat from Wisconsin. She's part of the uh, AOC uh, squad, you know, the whole, yeah, they hate this country, and, you know, they're all about Palestine, 
and the Gaza Strip and everything, and Hamas is just, they're freedom fighters. Anyway, um, she was asked by Dana Bash, hey, you know, what about all these women being raped violently? Mm -hmm. Uh, You haven't said a thing about that. I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. And if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, they are bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them to be able to build the kinds of allies to keep public opinion with them. And frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian law says. That was all prepared script. Dana asked her, hey, can you condemn the sexual violence that Hamas is using against Israeli women. She resets the question, and here we go. With, with respect, I was just asking about the the women, and you turned it back to Israel. Boom. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm-hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Yeah. No! We have to be you- balanced. You can't say, I think rape is horrible and have a however follow it. That's no. not okay. <laughs> no, she's she's a Jew hater. She's anti-Israel. And she always has to, like Jill just said, follow everything with but. Even about sexual atrocities. It keeps going. You don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, well, Dana, I think women. we're not, we're not, I, I don't want this to be the hierarchy of oppression. Hierarchy of oppression. Gutfeld, take it away. So there you go. In just three words, hierarchies of oppression. She put mass rape in context. You know, it happens in war situations. It's just a tool. But hey, we need balance. Balance. How is that even possible? Well, when your entire worldview is broken down into either victim or victimizer, and the crimes of the so-called victims are always excusable, then of course you wouldn't think a little thing like rape by Hamas terrorists is any big deal. She's a symbol of all the progressive women who aren't coming out against October 7th, an event which should be categorized not as terror anymore, but as sexual atrocity. And that needs to be said, those two words, sexual atrocity, because that phrase puts these apologists on the spot. Because by just calling it terror, we already know the knee-jerk response. Ooh, well, one person's terrorist is another one's freedom fighter. But you can't do that with sexual atrocity, because where in history is justification for that? It needs to be posed to everyone marching, because we've been too easy on these ghouls. They need to come face to face with the reality of that event. It's a sexual atrocity, and every moment spent on behalf of the perpetrators makes them an accomplice. This weekend, we saw a mob march on a Jewish-owned restaurant in Philly, Mm -hmm. which is now a daily occurrence around the country. The question to all of them should be, what's your stance on sexual atrocity? Because you're marching not against sexual atrocity, but against victims of it. And it's something squad members like Pramila should remember when she waves it away. Remember, she's the feminist champion who once tweeted that they owed it to sexual assault survivors everywhere not to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. That was based on a decades-old accusation, no police report or evidence. Mm. And yet now they downplay sexual atrocity with mountains of gruesome proof. 
Yeah. That is so true. Do you remember when Kavanaugh yeah. was on the stand and you had people like Alyssa Milano and everyone and everyone that was there for the hashtag Me Too movement and be- mm-hmm. believe women and believe when they, you know, their accusations and they're the victim and stand behind them and men in Hollywood and men in general. If you don't get behind them too, then you're just as guilty. And now it's like, oh, well, the raping of women, that's just part of war. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's people tool. speak conveniently of it when it suits their purpose. It's amazing, isn't it? All right, so remember the uh, kid that wore a headdress to the uh, Chiefs game? The nine-year-old that yep. was like half black, half red, yeah. Yeah, on his face and everything, and then they uh, Deadspin, which is a website, left-leaning website, that called him a racist. Well, now the parents of the nine-year-old Kansas City Chiefs fan threatened to sue the sports website, Deadspin, the Deadspin publisher, the one who wrote the article, anybody that repeated the article, X, And Facebook, anybody who read it. Instagram, yeah, pretty much that. The article <laughs> alleged that the son... Um, Holden Armita. His name's Holden, yeah. Yeah. Exhibited racist behavior by painting his face black and red. No, he didn't. He was a kid, nine-year-old, who likes the Chiefs, took the Chief colors and painted his face like everybody else in the stands does. And guess what? If you want to bitch and moan at the fact and say, oh, well, he's culturally appropriating Indians, guess what? He's Native American. His grandfather sat on the board of a tribe. Yeah. Well, that's close enough for me. This is the <laughs> stupid people on these stupid websites that think that they know everything. They don't know anything. Anyway, in the letter obtained by News Nation, Holden's parents, Shannon and Rawl Amerta, hired Claire Locke LLP to do, It's a huge law firm, by the way. I looked it up because it's like Morgan and Morgan size. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the law firm wrote him a letter demanding a retraction and threatened further action against the author, Karen J. Phillips, Deadspin, Go Media, uh, and the Great Hill Partners. They, they're going to sue everybody. I nice. hope they go through with it and empty their pockets. Well, yeah, they plaster the kid's face all over the world. I hope the guy Deadspin, who owns that website, crawls over here to the radio station as we go out and get in our cars. They go, could you? I get food. I need food. Please, sir. I'd like some more. Yeah. More? Yeah. And finally, let's get some... Why don't we get a dumb criminal story? That always seems to brighten the day here. Here we, fun. here we go. Dumb criminals. Oh, this is a doozy here. So Christopher Boyd is 32 years old. He was a passenger riding in the back of a vehicle that got pulled over by the cops. Uh-oh. Evansville on Indiana. In Indiana. This happened Monday at 2 a.m. It's always 2 a.m. So anyway, the license plate was obscured, so the cops don't like that when you can't read the license yeah. plate, so they pulled him over. The driver was a second passenger, and a second passenger were released without charges after they were searched by the police. But then the officers patted down Mr. Boyd. They discovered a small bag with multiple pills in his right sock, according to the cops' report. Boyd claimed the pills were Percocets that his Aunt Trish gave him for, for pain because he had a bullet lodged in his spine. Holy cow. Is what he said. Uh-huh. Boyd said because of that, it's very difficult for him to move, especially to spread his legs like the officers ex- instructed him to do so they could do the pat down. Yeah. He says, I can't. So during the search, couldn't spread his legs because of the bullet in his spine. They said, well, we're going to search it one way or another. Then the suspect was asked, anything stuffed in your groin that we should know about or in your buttocks? Boyd stated, no, there's nothing there. Well, they said, okay, we're going to find out. They put him back in the police car, took him down to the county jail where they did a strip search. Uh Uh-oh. During the strip search, he was seen walking towards the strip search room, limping a little bit, sort of squeezing his buttocks. Like, I don't know, preventing something from falling out? Uh Uh-oh. When he got in the room, they found a couple of things. First, the scanner found a large object in his groin region. Mm. 
They strip searched him. It revealed two plastic bags. By the way, marijuana is still illegal in Indiana. They found two plastic bags taped to a scrotum. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. An officer lowered Boyd's pants to remove them. Then he found that sticking out of his rectum was the handle of a gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> he continued to clench his buttocks. No, he... As the officer tried to pull the gun out of his rectum. Oh. Not by the trigger, not by the trigger. Yeah. Finally, he was able to remove it, clean it off, and use it as evidence. He's spending some time in jail. They don't get paid enough. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want it to go off. Yeah, you're right. All right, every week we get a look at our country's politics from the very, very top to the White House we go. President of the United States, Joe Biden, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning there, Tracy. Good to be on with you and Jumanji and Duck Quack. <laughs> All right, well, how are you doing today, Mr. President? Oh, I'm doing good, guys, but I'm a little bummed over the weekend. I was uh, all ready to get into the holiday spirit when Jillian and I heard a knock on our door. We were, we were excited, so we went over and opened it, and we were so disappointed. Why? Who was it? It was just a group of Jehovah's Witnesses pretending to be Christmas carolers. Those sneaky sons of bitches. <laughs> oh, so uh, what do you have going on this week, sir? Well, I'm getting ready for some fundraising for my campaign later this week, by golly. I heard that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be heading over to Steven Spielberg's house to raise money for Gavin Newsom, or I mean my re-election campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, we heard that. This Friday, you're attending a Hollywood fundraiser for you, hosted by Steven Spielberg and his wife, Kate Capshaw. Lenny Kravitz will also uh, be there performing. Are, are you looking forward to all this? Oh, you better believe I am, Jack. I'm so excited. I can't wait. But I think I might owe Mr. Lenny there an apology. Why? What, what, be, because when he, they played a video of him at my press conference, I said to the reporters, how about that, man? I didn't even know Whoopi Goldberg played guitar. <laughs> oh, great. Speaking of Hollywood entertainers, you hosted the 2020 23 Kennedy Center honorees at the White House. Among them were Billy Crystal and Queen Latifah. Yeah, that was something else, meeting them in person. I, I guess I got a little too excited. I sniffed Queen Latifah's weave. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, former President uh, Trump has ramped up his attacks on you, calling you the biggest threat to democracy, not him. In fact, he passed out signs at his latest rally that read, Biden attacks democracy. What do you think about his tactics? That's got to be one of the biggest loads of crap I've ever heard. I mean, come on, man. You don't actually believe he passed out signs, do you? He sold those signs to those poor schlubs for $20 a pop. You sound a little irritated about this. No, this kind of stuff doesn't put me bother me at all, Jack. It just goes in one rear and out the other. Well, uh, according to an opinion columnist from The Hill, one way to secure your re-election could be through pop icon Taylor Swift. Last month, she urged her 272 million followers to register to vote, which resulted in more than 300, uh, excuse me, 35,000 registrations after she shared a link to vote, um, vote.org, which is where you go to register. Would you welcome Taylor in helping your campaign? Are you kidding me? That'd be great. Because with the poll numbers I have now, I don't even think I'd have fans of Elizabeth Taylor voting <laughs> for me because they're mostly dead. <laughs> okay. But I'll tell you what, Lacey, it'd be a real honor and privilege to have those millions and millions of zip ties joining the team, Jack. I, I think you meant Swifties, sir. Taylor's fans are known as Swifties. You're damn right. They're the most dedicated fans Lawrence Taylor's ever had. Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah. sir. 
I, I mean it. Getting help from her would be such a boost, man. And I'll tell you what there, young lady, if you can get your fans to go out and vote for me, I will officially marry you and Kelsey Grammer at the White House. That's, that's Travis Kelsey. You, you, you know the thing. Yeah, yeah, let's wrap this up, sir. Last week, uh, we saw where the national Christmas tree fell over in the wind in White House, in front of the White House. Did they put it back up? And if so, is it going to happen again? They most certainly did. But I'll tell you what, I'm just so relieved that uh, no one actually hired, uh, was injured when it fell. There was a report there. There was a small bear that was living up in the tree. It turns out it wasn't true. It was just a fat, homeless Albanian guy who didn't shave in about a year. He's got out of there pl- in plenty of time. All right. Well, All thanks. Right. Thanks for calling this morning, President the, Biden. The, the only thing that could take that Christmas tree down now is if my crackhead son gets a little too careless with a pack of matches. The Sunny <laughs> Update. The Rick's Daisy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So I just saw this. There's a second law food that's uh, law food. I can't talk today. <laughs> law food. I like that's that. That's a great idea for a restaurant name if you used to be a lawyer. Or a law firm that, that Actually, just, does, just does restaurant lawsuits. <laughs> Tell your wife to rename the diner. I'm, law food. I'm diner from Law Food Law. My brain is mush today. I'm sorry. Uh, Panera Bread's facing a second lawsuit because now a Florida man has died from that caffeinated charged lemonade. The heart attack lemonade? Yeah, so remember the girl went and drank the charged lemonade, didn't realize it had caffeine in it. She went into cardiac arrest and she died. Wow. So they were suing Panera and Panera was like, oh, maybe we should label it. I mean, it says charged lemonade, but what does that mean to some people? It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Right. So this guy went in, um, his name was Dennis Brown, 46 years old, went into cardiac cardiac arrest when he left the restaurant. Now, according to this lawsuit, he consumed a lemonade with his dinner at Panera Bread near his job in Florida, and then he died while he was walking home. That's how quickly. Oh. But I feel the need to tell you this. He had been drinking one of those lemonades for six days because he's a member. Uh, I guess they have this unlimited sip club where you can order unlimited drinks. So every day he would walk there and get a lemonade. I don't know if he realized that it was so high in caffeine. Now, if you want to know just how much caffeine is in this charged lemonade, it has 390 milligrams, which is close to the FDA's 400 milligram daily maximum intake. To give you an idea how much is in it, uh, it's like having a Red Bull and a Monster Energy drink combined. So and that's is, one whoa. one drink. How much? How, is, how come it didn't burn a hole right through him? Well, if you're drinking it every single day, and then I guess on the last day... It just builds up in your system till you... Okay, in a uh, typical eight-ounce cup of coffee, there's between 80 and 100 milligrams of caffeine, so it's like four cups of coffee at once. Jeez. That doesn't seem that bad. More than that, but when you're doing it every single... I guess if... I mean, it depends. If you had an underlying heart condition no, that yeah, you don't know yeah. about that's triggered... That's what happened to me. You know, and it's like, I, I can't have caffeine anymore. No, if absolutely. If I drank that, I would not be in good shape either. So, uh, 12-ounce can of soda typically contains 30 to 40, 40 milligrams of caffeine. Not so, a lot compared to the 400 milligram max per day. No, you're right? right. So, if you have that, the 400 milligrams in just one drink, and let's say you had some coffee that morning, maybe you had a soda later on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, All of yeah. that combined... So a caffeine caffeinated energy drink has 100 milligrams, uh, just like coffee. Right. So they say that this charged lemonade at Panera has more than if you drank a Red Bull and a Monster together. Gee. But I have four ounce, four cups of coffee a day, even more, I guess, oh, and I'm not dead. So you ha- you have to have underlying conditions. I no? would assume that you know, just like anything else, if you had a ton of sodium, or if you had a ton of sugar, I mean, any kind of health 
I guess, issue that you have can be triggered by something. So is Panera going to use that as a defense? Have they been sued yet? Uh, well, yeah, there's the, the whole lawsuit. There's a lawsuit oh, there's with the first girl, okay. there's a second lawsuit with this guy. Interesting. I bet you they use that as a defense. They should, what, it doesn't matter. They should have had... They, why would you put that out anyway? Yeah. They Without saying high they, in caffeine, you know, put a warning on it. Well, it didn't at first. After the first girl died, they put a warning on the app that says, consume in moderation, not recommended for children, people sensitive to caffeine, pregnant women, or nursing. So. Wow. Mm. And they said that the girl, when the girl died, what was her name? Sarah Katz. She was 21. She suffered from a heart condition that's usually avoided by not having caffeine. And she didn't realize, they said, that this had caffeine. It doesn't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeinated so they'll drink. go after that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's times I'll look and they're putting caffeine in everything now. I don't know if you know about, um, have you ever seen in the store when you go in those prime drinks? And they come in all different flavors. It's kind of like the new Gatorade. But now they oh, have. Oh, yeah, I've seen those, yeah. They have prime energy now. And some of the kids, I, when I went to my grocery store, because Elliot loves them. And I'll be like, let's chill on the prime. I don't get them the energy one. I get them the regular one. And. When I went to go check out, I said, where'd you move all the primes? She said, oh, we had to put them in a special place because kids were coming in and they're like energy drinks and they're just getting them in droves and it's dangerous if you consume too many of them. And sometimes you can't tell the difference between a prime. Have you ever done that before where you go to get a drink and you're like, oh, I got this flavor instead of such and such or I got the diet I didn't Mm -hmm. realize. That's the same thing if it's not labeled explicitly or properly, people are probably going into Panera, they see the lemonade thing and they see charged lemonade and they go, okay, whatever, and they get it and they don't realize what the charged part means. Yeah, it could be electrolytes. Right. Wow. Speaking of uh, fast food joints, McDonald's is making more than 50 changes to its burgers next year. Rick, you were telling me about this. I'm actually pretty excited about this because I'm a secret fast food junkie in my mind. I I really don't eat fast food, but once in a while. So this is going to include the Big Mac, the McDouble, the classic cheeseburger, the double cheeseburger, and the hamburger. This happens in 2024. I want the McBubble. The the changes (laughs) include properly toasted, softer buns. Brioche buns. Soft buns, I like. It doesn't say brioche here. It just says softer buns. But cooking onions directly on the burger patties, perfectly melted cheese... Um, let's see what else. I guess because they were, do you remember when we would do all those jokes about shrinkflation and things were getting smaller and smaller and smaller as things no. were getting more and more expensive? They so, redesign it. People don't realize they're shrinking them. Yeah, because you look at the ad, right? Or you look at the commercial or the print ad or whatever you see and you go, wow, that looks good. And then you go to order and you're like, what the hell is this? Would you shrink it? So a lot of fast food joints, including McDonald's, have been receiving a lot of complaints over products that are too small and the prices that are too high. So they're trying to kind of find their way back um, because they're trying to now they have to compete with people like Five Guys they got to compete with Shake Shack and if you have other joints that make the same product that you make only bigger and better then that can be an issue for you and for your bottom line so. yeah an issue to McDonald's is is uh, pre-cooked burgers like they'll they'll do them almost all the you know as far as they, and then they'll throw them back on first well the machine right. does and throw them back on for a second before they give it to you but it's already dry so that's what mm. it says here it yeah. says they're gonna the beef patties they're gonna cook in smaller batches right so that they'll stay, I guess they won't get dry and they'll stay juicier. Yeah. And they said it's also so they'll have a more consistent sear. The Big Mac sauce, fresher lettuce, pickles, all that, when that goes on, it'll be more consistent. And then it does say right here they will offer buttery brioche buns, if you want, with sesame seeds. Yep. Um, so it's going to start on the West Coast and then move over uh, slowly to the, to the East. Or so. just open an In-N-Out burger. When are they going to do that? Oh, dude. They moved to Texas now. They, they're coming closer. I would love one of those double-double yeah. double animal style. Uh-huh. You got it. I only went once, 
to the In-N-Out Burger when I was in LA, and my fr- I guess that's where everybody goes after the bars. I was in my 20s, and mm-hmm. they were like, the bars were closing. They all closed, I think, at like 2 o'clock. She's like, come on, let's go. I'm like, where are we going? She's like, oh, we're going to In-N-Out Burger. Place was mobbed. Oh, yeah. It oh, was yeah. like Studio 54 up in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In-N-Out Burger, second Whataburger. Uh, was the third one? There, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was a good burger, but I wasn't blown away. Like, oh my God, In-N-Out Burger is the best. What I was impressed with was their fries. Yeah, the fries are good. My strange high school art teacher designed their logo. Really? Yeah. In and out burgers? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, she was weird. So there's a new dating term. It's called Golden Retriever Man. Have you heard about this? No, what is that? So so it's a guy it's women referring to men as like a certain breed of dog. And when as you think dogs. Of a, it's offensive. Well, when you think of a golden retriever, you think of a sweet, gentle, affectionate, eager to please, and according to these women, e- easy and um Maybe eager to learn. I'm trying to avoid using the word train, but that's yeah, what but they that's really all mean. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. Imagine Rick, if you or I had written an article about which dog we think our women are like, because they're like dogs, and we could train them easy. Yeah, you know how much trouble you get in for writing that? Yeah. So if you're wondering how that would go and what exactly it would be like, it's like this. And now, time for an episode of Dating Golden Retriever Man. Hi, what's your name? Everybody calls me Boomer. You smell nice. What's in your hand? Do you have a ball? I love tennis balls. Do you want to go out? Um, sure. We could go out, or we could just stay in. Absolutely. I'm all about belly rubs, treats, and spreading joy. I just love the way you look in my eyes. I will be faithfully yours until the end of time. Oh, my goodness. You're such a sweetie. So what do you like to do? Well, I can fetch a mean cup of coffee. I like going on long walks. I like to lay my head on your lap while we watch TV. Oh, and I love getting my hair brushed. You're a good boy. Wait. Leave it. Down. Stay. Boomer. Get off my leg. This has been an episode of Dating Golden Retriever Man. Nobody wants a guy like that. I don't. I don't like a guy like that. Do re- is there? Do you know any women that want a guy like that? Some because they like to control them. Yeah, see, that's bad. But there's there's no sex, right? I actually. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but <laughs> I actually know a girl that would date men by on how easily easily she thought she could change them into being what she wanted them to be. What does she want them to be? I don't I think oh, she had a they're, list. They're already castrated. Could, yeah, and she could check it off and I think she could emasculated. Husband, oh, her husband now has no sack whatsoever. Does whatever she wants, whenever she wants, however she wants and she she'll badmouth him on social media. She treats him like I don't even like he's down here and she's up here and she's the queen and he's her servant and he's fine with it. Honey, well, of course he's fine with it. Purse? I have a party to go to later. I'd kind of like to have him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at TV, the most insulting to men is TV commercials today. You, you watch any commercial with a man in it, and they're always portrayed as these meek, weak, uh, plaid shirt, fluffy sweater wearing geeks with glasses, big ones, and they're all like, yes, honey. Who wants that? <laughs> yeah, I, had, I mean, I briefly, and I say briefly for a reason, dated a guy that was like that, and I, could, I couldn't handle it. No. It's and, just too much. I'm like... Can you just be? I want you to be yourself. The thing that attracted me to my husband originally was we couldn't stand each other when we first met each other. He thought I was some kind of like entitled hippie, and and <laughs> you? I would never think that of you. Did he say you seem like a diva too? No, he didn't say that. A little bit. Oh, he really? He said? I can't believe he said that. And then, that Harold man. 
And then he Sweet would be Sweet little puffy thing like Jill And then he would be so mean to me Like he would call me and be like Why haven't you emptied your mailbox? I'm like I don't know I haven't been up there And he's like Well it's overflowing And it makes it difficult for people To put stuff in the mailbox You need to empty it Like he was so mean to me And I thought he was such an <laughs> did ass Did you call him what you called Yeah you did You called him what you called me this morning yeah. Okay I thought he was such an ass I didn't And then he came Actually came See, to my you office liked one it, time you? Secretly underneath you liked it Well he came to my office one time And he's like Hey uh You need to stop letting winners up here Past 530 And I was like He's kind of cute when he's mad. <laughs> now you see what I see. Not in you. I mean in my wife. Right. So, but yeah. uh, at, at the same at the same time, they portray men like just this, these these little like a dog. But you know yeah. what? I don't like when women are portrayed like that either. But I think they do it to themselves. This is unpopular opinion. I might get a hate email from a woman. But have you seen the commercial? It's everywhere. Talking about how bad women are with money. And it's like a bunch of women standing there and they'll go, the stats say, you know, more women are lose money in their retirement since blah, blah, blah. And they keep and it's it's actual statistics. And they're like, this isn't right. And it's like, well, then do something about it. If it's not an opinion and it's actual stats that women are terrible with money, then why don't you stop being terrible with money and maybe be good with money? And maybe the statistics will change instead of going on a commercial and whining about it. Yeah. So I didn't like that commercial either. Okay. You but know? I think there's more... Okay. End of discussion. That's fine. Oh, you can go. You can go. No, 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 no. That's enough. No, I was just going to mention that there's there, that website with liberal women looking for conservative men because they can't find <laughs> they can't find real men that are liberal. Really? Yeah. You I, we Is did it a dating site? I think it's a dating site. We did it on the air. But that was a conservative woman, though. No, no, no. It was liberal women complaining they can't find real men unless they're conservative. Oh, yeah. okay. So Interesting. So I think it was last week we talked about the Merriam-Webster, their word of the week. Rick, I think you were oh. out, was authentic. And so now Oxford University Press has to come out with their word of the year for 2023. Is and it stupid? Uh, no, it's not a word. It's, a re- it's an abbreviation of a word because everybody's no. dumb and we have to make abbreviations actual words now. So... <laughs> Charisma is a word, right? So yeah. they could have easily picked charisma. Charisma's good. It's great. Talk about appeal or charm. It, 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 it's a pretty looking word, too. It's a beautiful word. Charisma. And it's got Letters that H in there. Letters curve nicely. Yeah. yeah. Begins with a nice curvy C. And you can roll the R if you want. Charisma. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to They want to do Riz. R-I-Z-Z. Why, it's too hard to pronounce the whole word? Yeah, well, it's too dumb to say charisma. I don't understand. So now that Riz has been named Word of the Year by Oxford uh, University Press. Oh, well, who are they? It's a very prestigious award, apparently. Um, and just like any other award shows, we have to say goodbye to some other words that are no longer cool to use. Oh, no. Congrats to Riz for winning the 2023 Word of the Year. We now take a moment to honor the words that are no longer with us. First, the classics. Swell. Groovy. Gadzooks. Malarkey. We say farewell to the words that were popular 10 years ago, but are super lame now. Dope. YOLO, FIRE, TOTES. And memorialize the outdated technology terms. TiVo, BLOG, WEBCAM, MySpace. Finally, we say goodbye to all the words your grandparents used to describe different ethnic groups. What? I am not saying these words. Are you trying to cancel me? Hmm, that reminds me. Add the word cancel to your list. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> what you want to go and do a stupid thing like that for anyway? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Okie dokie, here we go. Let's see. 
This is uh, partially a story we've done a million times. The other part isn't. It's a new study that came out of the University of Queensland, Australia, says that owning a cat can double your risk of schizno- schizo- schizo- schizophrenia. How many cats you got, Rick? <laughs> I have 28 chances of getting schizophrenia. <laughs> Specifically, researchers say that people who were around cats before the age of 25 had twice the odds due to most likely Toxiplasma gondii, a oh. parasite found in pet cats that can affect neurotransmitters in the brain. I've heard about that Toxoplasma gondii. Is that like Toxoplasmosis or something that, different? No, it's 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 a like he said, it's a bacteria that causes you to go. But it's very peaceful and passive. Yeah, it slowly splits your personalities. Oh. The good news: some scientists don't trust the results. With Dr. Sinel Range, a Melbourne psychiatrist, saying in a post on X um, that the study uh, case and the control studies notorious for spurious associations. In other words, he's not buying it. So, yeah, I'm not buying it either. Okay. Don't I f- seem normal to you? I mean, <laughs> I'd be full of that toxic plasma ptosis. As normal as you can possibly be. Right? This is crazy. So this woman in Spain, she started to choke on some food. It was turkey. It was during, it's during Thanksgiving. Okay. Oh. So she's choking on this turkey. So immediately she runs to the bathroom. She's 21 years old. Her name is Hazia. She goes in the bathroom and takes her toothbrush, turns it backwards, and with the handle of the toothbrush, tries to push the food down. Jeez. Oh, gee, yeah, kind of yeah. weird, right? Glass but she of water, does. That's what she, I go for. She clears the food, and because she was able to breathe all of a sudden again, she goes, and the toothbrush goes with it. Oh, no. no. Yeah, toothbrush went down her thing, trachea. Does she have no gag reflex? I feel like I'd be like, Bleh. oh, no. She started choking again, except now she was getting oxygen, and she had a four inch toothbrush lodged in her trachea. Oh, oh my God. 40 minute operation to get it out. Oh, they, they had to cut, make two incisions and get it out of her esophagus. Then they closed the oh. surgical uh, hole and whole incident rattled her. She didn't eat for quite a few days, I don't but she's her. able to breathe again. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Leave the insertions to the doctors, please. Oh, you know. dude. I mean, uh, oh. One choke to another. I mean, you, uh, what do you do? All right, Danish police have urged motorists not to do this. See, uh, this car was damaged in uh, Denmark. Police said on Monday they strongly discourage people from using kitchen appliances to warm up EV batteries. Oh, okay. wait, what? No, 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 no. What? Yeah, at some reason, people do. What did they. What? Why? I mean, this is like the people that start a generator in the living room. Yep. What yeah. is wrong with you? Eventually, they're going to have to put that tag on toasters and stuff, too. You know the one that says, don't use in the bathtub? No, I'm serious. Yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, you know, EV batteries are very sensitive to temperature. I keep going back to that story of um, this retired couple that, as they retired, they did very well in San Jose, California. Remember this? They bought a new house, oh, yeah. and they bought his and her Teslas, put them in the garage with bows on them and everything. Uh, put them both on the charger. One Tesla malfunctioned. The battery lit, lit the other Tesla on fire, and now you know it's a firebomb. Uh-huh. The whole house burnt down to the ground with everything in it. Isn't that awful? Dude. Yeah. Battery, these lithium batteries, man, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so same thing here. They're very sensitive to temperature, and they become less efficient in the cold. So he thought, well, the best way to do this, I'll just put my toaster inside the hood where the battery is. Yeah, there you go. And boom. Fire happened Saturday in Stenelville, 40 miles southwest of Copenhagen. No one was injured. Probably took a few weeks to put the battery fire out. Dude. Finally, this is always reminds me of my dad. 
just great man that just did dumb things. Uh-oh. Utah man was brutally gored by a bison. It's exactly <gasps> what my dad did. He oh. was in Yellowstone. He walked right up to the bison and was trying to pet him. The bison is the size of a freight train. As a matter of fact, I bet you the bisons in Yellowstone are bigger than Sunrail's locomotive. Wow. Anyway, Utah man was brutally gored by a bison last month when he tried to pet the stupid thing. Yeah. He, he finally admitted it was an idiotic move. He had an eight-inch gash <gasps> in his liver. What? Oh. He gored him right through. Helen, can you imagine? No. Helen Carter Bagel uh, was severely injured during the stunning attack, though he admitted he was the idiot in the scenario for approaching the bison on his way home from an early Thanksgiving dinner with his girlfriend. He noticed a herd of bison on the neighbor's property and decided, hey, I'm going to go pet one of those. That's what he did. Stop it. And he got gored. He described uh, the... the what, the station? Oh, he just, he was talking to the TV station. He described to the TV station how the animal uh, dipped his head down right before he he punctured him with his horn right and then flipped him over his head. <gasps> Holy crap! He's lucky to be alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. He skewered him like like a, like the the, the skewers like and, a shish kebab and the shish kebab. To Holy. go. I mean, it's not like you get poked or stabbed. You're gored. Yep. Think all about the, that word. Gored. All the way through. He spent seven oh. days in the hospital, a whole day in the ICU and oh. in the operating room. Oh man. Coming up on Bison Nine One One. Real calls of real people who were injured by a bison after they tried to pet it. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, yeah, you gotta help me. Uh, I was just gored by a bison. It got me right in the leg. A lot of blood. How did this happen, <laughs> sir? Did you try to pet the bison? Um, no. Really? You didn't try to pet it? Uh, of course not. I was just looking at it, and it um, attacked me. Okay, we'll send somebody. I tried to pet the bison. I know. It's all coming up on <laughs> Bison 911. 911, what's your emergency? Guess what I tried to do again. Don't miss it. It's Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. We'll take a one minute break and then come back for the debate. Get your fix at 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And the update is brought to you by Fair and Fair. Okay. 46,000 known gotaways since October 1st at Oof. the border. We don't know who they are. Chinese, Middle Easterners, Hamas, grandmother from Venezuela. We wouldn't know. Nobody's checking. Mm. Mostly men in their low 20s, military age. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Now, because about two weeks ago, the actual number was revealed due to a Freedom of Information Act request... Isn't it We've funny been, that you have to like beg and fill out forms to get that info? Yes. We were lied to. Originally, we thought, and we, we told you here, there was 3.8 million illegals that got through since Biden been in office. And the number was corrected two weeks ago. It is 8 million. Jeez. Four Delawares. Uh, 8 million is pretty much three Los Angeles, as says, 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 says. Uh, that have gotten through the border since Biden's been president. Don't tell me. What, what's that? phrase don't piss uh, on my shoes and tell me it's raining. raining yeah don't tell me that this isn't on purpose mm. it's on purpose and by the way you hear all these you know talking points and this is all stuff for you to get to stay busy with while they're doing the really bad stuff you know yeah, exactly like, like the bus is coming from texas because 
Governor Abbott sending all these immigrants over to Chicago. Chicago's only got about twenty or 30,000 immigrants. New York's got about 140,000. It's not that much when you consider that many immigrants get through the border almost every month. More than that. Where are they going? We've had months where just in one section, 250,000 illegals cross the border. Places like El Paso, like Eagle Pass. They're little towns. They're, and then we, we hear Mayor Adams in New York belly aching. Oh my God, we can't handle this. And he has 148,000 when there's 8 million that have crossed the border down through these little towns in Texas, Arizona, mm-hmm. California. Well, California welcomes them, so it's insane. So here's what happens. These are the consequences. And these are just the unintended consequences because overnight is when the Biden administration is shipping the majority of them, majority of them throughout the country. Why are you doing stuff in the middle of the night all sneaky you're, if you don't think you're doing anything wrong? Exactly. Even after a year, it's still hysterical, think about it, to think about DeSantis sent 40 of them to Martha's Vineyard, the enclave that is a sanctuary city. And they went crazy. They had those brown people that they loved and cherished and built great relationships with in about 30 hours and then threw them out and sent them to the military base. Remember that? They're wonderful people and we bonded and we see these beautiful, beautiful brown people. Get it out of here before they get leaf blowers. You didn't mean here. It, it was the most racist thing you've ever seen. And they still think these people are so impervious to the truth. They still think they're kind and compassionate. They're a bunch of racists. 38 hours. They threw them. They, call, they basically called the police on them. Mm-hmm. 40 of them. You know, El Paso alone has seen millions. come. They're still yeah. laying in the street there. Anyway, getting to the story here, here's the unintended consequences. Consequences: Military families who look forward to every year the Army-Navy game can't go in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Why? Why? It's the 124th installment of the Army-Navy game. It's when? The, the Saturday? All their rooms have been canceled. The hotel <gasps> sends notification to all the military families. I'm sorry. The rooms have been taken by immigrants. No, they're illegal immigrants. Well, still, what, what gives, if I already paid and have my reservation, that shouldn't matter who you are, you don't get to take my spot. They said to these people that these cancellations are due to your administration's decision to ship the illegals here across the country to these sanctuary cities, and I'm sorry, you don't have a room. Just At least they remember told them. that when you go to vote. At least they told him. What was the other hotels? The ones in New York were like, no, we can't tell you why. Just don't, don't come here. Oh, there was a couple. Their whole wedding was canceled. Their well, wedding was canceled. Their rooms were canceled. And they were told, sorry. And their wedding was supposed to be in like a week. The service member families only found out because the hotel told them. It wasn't the government came out and admitted it. So if they would have shown up waiting to check into their room the day of and they were never told, they just wouldn't have had a room. Yeah, right. Well, they were told. They were, they were. The hotels at least did what they could. Uh, Senator Joni Ernst, uh, Republican of Iowa, is demanding action from the president regarding border security. Good luck. I'm sorry, Joni. I know your heart's in the right place. Ain't going to happen. They're destroying our country on purpose so they can be in power in perpetuity. That's what this is about. You want to argue it? Bring it. Got to create the problem so you can create the solution. Correct. The other way to control you is through this thing that's been ringing in our heads since COVID ended. Climate change. 
Yeah, climate change. Oh, you're not going to be a climate denier, are you? I'm writing your manager. You do that. You write them on, on some hemp or something, whatever paper's Nobody's not. Nobody's denying that there's climate, but the climate's always changing. It's yeah. always been that way. And you're yeah. arrogant to think that you know how that works right. when you've only been writing stuff down for 2,000 years and the whole place is billions of years old. Thank you. Don't make me play George Carlin again. It's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. Now, it's very special what happened this week because here we got... Leaders from all around the world that preach to us that we need to cut down our lifestyle. We really need to get rid of those cars. We need to stop eating meat. And we have to kill all the cows. Oh. Taking private jets thousands of miles across countries to get to the oil-rich country to talk about how we need to change our lives and get rid of fossil fuel. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's hysterical. John Kerry, the head of all this, the climate czar mm. for the Biden administration, is perfectly happy with people in Europe freezing to death. Because he wants to get rid of it now. He wants all the coal plants closed now. You know what would happen? The estimates from scientists. Don't we follow the science here? Oh, yeah. We were all made to wear a mask for two years because we were told to follow the science. Yeah, except when it comes to gender, then we don't have to look Yeah, then at we it. don't have to follow the science. <laughs> yeah, if you follow the science and we do what John Kerry wants us to do, a billion people will die within 24 months on this planet. That's... I mean, Why do you think Germany all of a sudden is back to coal? Why are they permitting coal plants? Because they don't want their population to freeze and starve to death, Mr. Kerry. Anyway, here's uh, Mr. Private Jet telling people that can't afford one, we need to pay 50 times more for energy or freeze to death. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. And the reality is that we're not doing it. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody's doing it. It's funny. What they Here's what they really want. First of all, they want control over your life. Total control. Where you go, where you work, where you drive, where you live, what you use, what you eat. They want all that control. Mm -hmm. These people won't stop till they smash you under their feet. That's what they want. They get off on that. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating here. When it comes right down to it, the crux of the matter is these people get aroused by controlling someone else. And they want to control everybody. So anyway, John Kerry was out there, Mr. Private Jet, saying that um, we don't want our population to freeze to death. That's why Mr. Kerry's out there right now telling us we have to have our population freeze to death. Functioning adults are the ones who permitted coal plants in Germany and other countries right now because of the Ukraine-Russian war. That cut a lot of the supply of natural gas to those countries. The adults made that decision. John Kerry saying that you're not an adult if you decide to continue to use coal. Here so, he is. Um, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. No, there's no proof of that. No, there's more proof that if you take away coal, people will die, people will starve. Because let me tell you something, the other thing about it is oil is in everything. So all these people that are destroying paintings, look at your shoes. Yeah, right? <laughs> now, here's here's where this profoundly egocentric prick really goes off. And this is about two years ago. John Kerry was at the same meeting, a different place, but the same meeting. This is what he said about himself and the people there, the, how they're gifted aliens. When you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together 
and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you've said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Did you hear what he just said? I mean, do you hear that? That guy's in the Biden administration. He almost became president. John Kerry, Mr. Private Jet, scolding you, saying that you're not an adult if you don't remove coal now. California can't even keep the lights on. No. And we can't do nuclear because the word's scary. Mm. Nuclear is the cleanest energy we have that we can that we can dole out and still keep the prices down, but we don't build nuclear plants. We have a couple go- popping up here and there, but for the most part in the world, it's no, no nuclear, no nukes. Ooh, protest, protest, protest. Because it's too, it's too triggering, Richard. You can't do it that way. <sighs> My nail's broken. <sighs> oh, oh, by the way. You know who uh, dovetailed into this whole thing? Hillary Clinton was out there. Oh, great. I'm telling you right now, all these people, Hillary, the only one's not doing it yet is Michelle, and I expect that pretty soon. Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, all these people, they see what's happening. They know Biden's not going to make it till, I, I'm thinking March of next year he's going to bow out, or he's going to drop, because the signs are there. So they're all kind of trying to, you know, Gavin Newsom's not, doing it. He has no shame. Right. He says he does. He says, oh, you know, he did a whole thing about Biden, what a great guy he was. But he's out there. He's campaigning for president. Of course he is. The other two are not. They're kind of like, just, hey, here I am. Remember me? Here's Hillary talking about the climate change thing that just happened. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate. And by far, the biggest killer is extreme heat. Okay. All right. This is great. Do you have Dr. Pino? Remember him? Mm-hmm. Uh, local Dr. Pino Grizio. What was his name? Dr. Pino. Pino. Okay. I love the guy. I really do. I feel like an uncle. <laughs> but he does. You know, he talks like my uncle. So anyway, um, Dr. Pena and uh, the Orange County Mayor, Jerry Demings. Remember when um, there was a motorcycle accident? Uh-huh. And the guy and his girlfriend were killed, unfortunately, and they, they crashed. And then somewhere in there, somehow, I don't know if he was drunk, Dr. Pena says, well, that's because he got killed by COVID. No, he said some people, they were going to categorize it as a COVID death. Oh, COVID death, And he said, well, we're not going to categorize this one as a COVID death because he crashed on a motorcycle. However, some people could say that he... COVID is what caused him to crash. Yeah, yeah. So probably the most ridiculous statement. That made it nationwide, by the way. People were mocking that from here to California and Alaska. So uh, this is the same thing. All of a sudden, when Hillary said that, I thought, wait a minute, what's going on here? They recategorized deaths just like they did with COVID. Yeah. And now anybody that died while it was hot, not because it was hot, while it was hot, died if you were, from if you were in a ladder, cutting yeah. your hedges... And the, uh, the the thing you're using, whether it's a sawzall or a hedge clipper, turn around, you slipped out of your hands because your hands were slippery from the sweat, and cut your head off. Then you died from extreme You heat. died from climate change. But you can actually argue that it could have been the COVID-19 that caused him to crash. <laughs> Dumbest thing he's ever said. And I like that guy. He's I do really too. He's really sweet. Mi tío. So the thing is, is that they're cat- recategorized deaths during the summer heat because we can't have summer anymore because any summer at all is climate change. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. 
We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know. Is that racist? Because okay. he's almost implying that they can't count. Remember when Biden says, well, they don't know how to get online. Okay, no, because it- if you added the numbers, you'd find out that China's way worse than anybody else. And you can't say that about daddy China. But isn't Africa just notoriously hot? Yeah, it's is where it, the Sahara Desert is. Isn't that known for being hot? <laughs> Let me finish. But she's like, people died from heat in Africa. It's like, isn't that like kind of what it does? Yeah, you know, you ever been to Death Valley? It's, it's hot there, too. It's, it's things it's, being hot. Yeah. <laughs> and estimate about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, so she, that makes she, it worse. They, she just said, oh, no. this is where they give themselves away. She just said that they don't have the numbers, but then she goes ahead and estimates. Most of them are women and girls, I'm guessing, but yeah, you'll yeah. listen to it. And estimate about 500,000 deaths, and the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. No, no, wait, you're leaving some out. How about blacks, Latinos, midgets, Palestinians? Let's throw Palestinians <laughs> in there. Oompa-loompas. Uh, <laughs> Oompa-loompas are dying left and right. <laughs> I can't. It's terrible. Stop the midget overheating deaths immediately. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunny Update. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Why do you say crazy stuff like that? Now, that isn't true, is it? On the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. So when I just read this story about the tush push and Roger Goodell with the... um, (laughs) Wait, what? With the the tush push. See, my Tennessee is going to show because the the tush push is a line dance. It is? That I used to do in college at a bar called the Neon Moon. How many times did you dance to achy, breaky heart there? So many. (laughs) Did you do the uh, square dance where you go around the whole thing where the guy... We didn't square dance. It was a... It was more of a, the line dancing thing. It was, was a line it, dancing. What's the thing bar. called when you go around the circle? You go with you got your partner with the big, big and you dosi do. Grab your partner dosi do. Is that dosi do with the big dancing. five gallon hat? Did the guy have the big white they five gallon? They all have gallon? hats. A lot of I them like have hats. I like the doi do. It's my favorite. And then they kind of <laughs> skip to my loo all the way around the whole. I don't know how much skipping to my loo you do Whatever in the line they do, bar, they, they walk around the, the, the mechanical bull while it's off, and there's yeah. music playing, and they walk around with Rick the girl. Rick is combining Ring Around the Rosie, Skip to My no, Loo. No, I, I was to- hoe-down illiterate. He doesn't know. <laughs> I, don't, I am illiterate. I went to a country bar once. I remember that. that They're they, so fun. Well, no, I know it was fun, but I'm just saying they go around the thing. What is that called? Where they go around, the couple goes around, and they do the little kicking thing. And- <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to help you. I just, it's fun to watch you work yourself through it. <laughs> I don't know. I like the kicks they do the, the, with the kicks. <laughs> Whatever. So uh, NFL commissioner, you know, Goodell, wants to ban the tush push, which is not a line dance. It tush is, push? Yeah, it's it not. sounds provocative. It's it's a play where the, the team lines up behind the quarterback and pushes him through the defense. I'm going to push you tush. Yeah, to get, a, to get a first down or get on, you know, if you're in the goal line. Yeah, so so uh, he wants to ban it. I don't well, know why. Well, why don't we just ban Goodell? Well, they're banning everything fun. Like the other day, who was it? Yeah, was the butt it, touching's uh, what everybody watches. Quarterback from the Bills turned and like pointed to a dude on the other team as he was running across and scoring a touchdown, like, that one was for you, you know, like to rub it in his face. He got fined like $10,000. Another player, uh, after he scored a touchdown, I forget what team, I want to say San Francisco, but that might be wrong, flashed a peace sign. No celebrating. That's it. To who? to the to the to the people in the stands, peace sign. I you can't do that. No, no, you fined. can't be proud of yourself. Why would you do that? There's no fun. There's no fun having. I'm not saying you should break out into, you know, pull your pants down and moon them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But uh, I mean, dangle the other players upside down by their ankles while everybody else pokes you, them. You scored a touchdown. You're proud of yourself. You're happy. You, you know, it's like why can't you do any kind of patting yourself on the back? 
I'm not saying do a bunch of backflips, but come yeah, on now. You should be able to at least fart in somebody's face. We need to fire Goodell. He needs well, to go. The whole NFL bureaucracy there needs to be done away people with. People now, instead of National Football League, they're calling it the No Fun League because they're not it like anything fun anymore. Um, I don't know where these people get the time because I sure as hell don't have any time to do this. I barely have time to take one nap. In fact, I don't remember the last time I took a nap. Um, one in nine people under the age of 30, I'm sure you're exhausted. A lot going on under the age of 30. Had to get up by 10. Taking multiple naps a day. Not just a nap. I'm not saying, because like we wake up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes there's a nap in there. But then you wake back up and you continue on with the rest of your day. Multiple naps? Is this what we're doing? Is this for real? This is a real thing. Oh, I could go for one right now. What, 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 why? I mean, there, if you're 30, how could you? How dare yeah, I you? I just don't. <laughs> I take naps because I slept for two hours the night before, not because I'm like, you know what? I really don't got anything to do. I'm going to lay down for a few hours. These are people like, in their 20s? These are people under 30. Now, granted, the naps are 20 to 30 minutes long, which I got to be honest with you, I can't do. I'll be a zombie for the rest of the day. If I lay down to take a nap. That's my wife says all the time. I can't. It's I do. Be, I get energized. So does my husband. Yeah, it's amazing. 30 minutes, eyes closed. Boom. It's like he slept eight hours. He yeah. feels great. Yeah. It, it doesn't last that long, but. I can't do that. No. If I lay down. Say in the afternoon, two, three o'clock. Right. And then I, my alarm goes off to go pick up Elliot from school. By the time I get home from picking him up from, I, I, like I'm, I don't want to make dinner. I don't want to do nothing. Right. It's but multiple naps a day. What are you doing? What, do you have nothing else to do? How do you find the time? Well, the protests are at night, so, so you can nap mom a lot during the day. Me. And you have to hold that sign for like two hours, yelling from the river to the sea. It's a lot of work. This can, none of these people have, can have children. They're, they can't. Like, oh, hopefully so, not. No, not I after mean, taking naps all day. Who is the? You don't have time. Kids turning the gas on in the stove. I mean, <laughs> well, it's like you don't have time to do anything when you have kids. Where was your dad when the house blew up? He was sleeping. I remember joking when I first had a baby, especially if you have a newborn, and you're supposed to nap when the baby naps, but people don't really do that because that's the t- only time you can get anything done. Right. And I remember joking to my mom saying, it took me six hours to empty the dishwasher today because it, it was like I opened it and then the baby would cry and I'd go do something. And then the next time I happened to walk through the kitchen, I was like, oh, I was emptying the dishwasher. Then you put a couple dishes away. Then you got to go do something else. By the end of the day, you're like, I've been trying to empty this dishwasher for six hours. <laughs> yeah. See, that happens to me, but I don't have any kids. I'm just squirrel brain. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this screw's loose. Better get my drill. And you're drilling that. You're like, oh, well, this is dirty, too. And you start cleaning that, and you realize you've started five and finished no tasks. Oh, I have cleaning ADD for sure. Yeah, I got the same exact thing. Um, Real talk, how much percentage of effort do you think... I don't think I said that right. How much percentage? That sounds dumb. Uh, what percentage do you think of effort should you give at work. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. They're going to say, well, you should give 100, 110 well, percent. I, I look at it different than most people. with compensation. I look at it different than most people. Because we do, we have a different dynamic. <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't look as work as, I'm like, I come in here and they work for them. I look like I'm a contractor mm-hmm. and they're, it's a contract. Like you would hire somebody to, I don't know, power wash your house. Right. And, and I come here, but it's my business. Right. So the better I do, the more they want to keep me hired. You know, as far as like a con, you know, I don't, well, I don't yeah. see. That. So I want to give as much as I, I want to give as much as I can give, but I'm giving it to myself, not to them. Correct, because it's our product. You know, right. I mean, I know the product is owned by the company because the way I look at it is if I don't 
give a lot of effort, then I'm the one that looks dumb. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just it just affects me poorly and us the three of us poorly. Yeah. So, so if of we course, don't do good toilet jokes, they'll just hire somebody else to do toilet jokes that aren't aren't, aren't better. I mean, if you think that work, the person who employs you has a responsibility to pay you regardless of how little you do, you're they're going to end up in a bad spot. Well, they're saying here now you shouldn't give 100% at work. Who says that? According to Generation this, Z? Yeah, this is, who did this? Alpha? Fast Company? What's that? I don't know what that is. That's well, a magazine. Let's be honest. Do most corporations give 100% of their employees? No, but, but it's not, the, the point is, is uh, I'm independent from the employer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my value is I have it. Right. You know, so. Well, there's also a, a self-worth thing, you know, like if you go to work every day and you're there <clears throat> eight to 10 hours and you're not getting the pay you think you deserve, then the, I, I talk about this all the time. The choice is on you. Yeah. You can choose to go to a different job or look for a different job where you feel like you are being praised or looked upon the way that you feel you you should be. Yeah, but don't kid yourself. If you're not worthy of praise, you're not going to get it somewhere else very Absolutely. long. Absolutely. I know one per- just an example in this this company we work for, I knew a salesperson outdid everybody. 10 to 1. I mean, she was out there sell- outselling everybody. She never came in. She was like, I'll come in for a couple hours. And you know what? They never complained. You think that the company's going to go, you better be here eight hours or Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get rid of the amount of millions of dollars you're making us. Right. And I know we joke (laughs) about this, but if you come in and sit at your desk and do nothing and you're on Facebook half the day and you produce no results for your company... They'll find somebody that does. Yeah. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Yeah, they're saying here only give a solid 85%. Who's plenty. I, whatever this magazine is, it's called the 85% rule. I've never heard of this. There is no 85%. They're stupid. It says instead of giving max effort, loosen up a little bit, give 85%. That keeps you more flexible and more present and helps you be more creative and prevents you from being burnt out. Well, I feel like we've also all done jobs where you're doing the best you can. The company's like, great, good job. You're a rock star. And that's all I'll tell you about that. Or then they like, give you uh, more work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll yeah, but you know what? Cut if you're people pre- and then just lump their responsibilities in with yours, and it's like, well, you used to used to find this, you know, this uh, task worth this much money to somebody else, and now you're giving it to me and expect me to do it for free. Well, no, but I mean, if you create a worth, not self worth, but if you create a worth that's that's valuable, mm-hmm. take it somewhere else. Then you yeah. can actually tell, take this job and shove it. Do that. But I also think that there is a lack. Of integrity in yourself lately out there. It's a very mm-hmm. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. You don't deserve me, anything. Me world. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think there, there's this, and I, I hate to always keep blaming the younger generation, but I feel like they're no, but coddled. it's true. That's what they've been taught. Yeah, it's a coddled generation where if you go into work and you're like, well, you didn't tell me this and pat me on the head and hug me and come in and tell me I was doing a good job. and That's, uh, what, that, that's what their parents did. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like... I mean, I have worked for people before that's like, if you need to cry after what I tell you, leave the room because I don't want to see you do it. I mean, I've worked for people like that before. Yeah. Nobody owes you anything. You know what's better than shipping these people off to North Korea for a year is we really did have a time machine and we put them, put them back in the Old West, the settlers that actually came here and had to cross the country mm-hmm. on a horse or by foot mm-hmm. and had to make their own meals. They had no health care. There was no HR department and there was wild animals that were always trying to eat you. Let me be clear. You were entitled to nothing. You are entitled to nothing. Mm-hmm. Then we start there. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then everything changes. But, I mean, we did the survey the other day that said Gen Zers will only work for companies if they get this, this, and this. They think going into an interview is them giving their list to the employer saying, I will work for you if you do A, B, and C. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm interviewing you. Yeah. You come in here, I tell you what I need, and then if I see you're a good fit and you want to work here, then we have a mutual agreement. Okay, you work here, I give you a salary, you do this, you're qualified. That's it. Yeah, but if you become... If you... If you uh, become worth it to the employer more so than they could expect from the average employee, then all of a sudden you're a commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, at that point, demand some stuff. Sure. But you also see people that you're like, this guy doesn't do jack, and they're getting paid a ton of money. Oh, how many times? I feel like we're all over the place with this, because I agree with both sides, yeah. actually, because I have worked with people before where I'm like... Who are you sleeping with? And who do you have dirt on? Because how do you have this job? You do nothing. Well, that's the other side of the coin. That's politics. I go golfing with the boss every day and do jack and I wear a suit and I look good in it. And when I go down the hallway, I smile and point my finger like Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Good job. What what would you say you do here? But that doesn't last very long. It it may be good for a while, but you notice those people that do that corporately, Mm -hmm. always jumping from company to company every so often. That's because they're stupid. They're... So after a while, people see through him, you know, and, and, you know, after a while you go, you know, we've had Jenkins here as a great guy, friend of the family, he's golf all the time, but you know, he doesn't sell anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, doesn't make us any money. You can't fire him. My kids will be upset. He comes over every, you know, Christmas. But you know, we're also in a day and age where... Jenkins could come in every day and sell everything to his heart's content, mm-hmm. but now Jenkins is making too much money. So we're going to hire old Bob down the hall. He's only 24. We can get him for half the yeah. salary. He'll only do half the work, but at least we're saving money. And exactly. If you're, and then, and then the, if people, you're, the good people that are left are trying to you know cobble together the class project with Johnny over here that never graduated third grade because yep. he'll work for a penny. Yep. <laughs> all of this is correct. I mean, both sides. I feel like all of it's true. Um, have you ever... Do you know how to give CPR? Yeah. Smoke, do you know how to give CPR? Yes. Okay. So we all do. That's good. You don't do the breathing anymore, do you? They tell you not to, but I would feel weird not. (laughs) I mean, I really would, because every time I've trained to do it, it's like... Well, you did that for beer, so you probably just didn't have it. (laughs) No. (laughs) I wasn't trying to resuscitate anybody. But yeah, you... Before I had Elliot, I did it too. I learned how to do CPR on babies, which is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Because they're so little, and you do it with your two little fingers, Mm -hmm. because that little tiny little baby ribs... Just no, just two fingers. Right, right. Because their their bones are still soft and they're so little. Um, but they tell you that there's songs that you can have in your head mm-hmm. to know how to do the compressions. And so the American Heart Association came out with what they're calling a CPR playlist. Do you want to hear what's on it? A CPR playlist. Yeah, I probably should have like had clips of the song, but my computer is super slow, and I there's no way I was going to be able to what, do that. Who, what? Um, so here's some of the songs. You ready? Um, I'll save the Christmas ones till last. Aretha Franklin, Respect. Mm-hmm. That's a good one to go to. Uh, BG, Staying Alive, I think Staying is the Staying Alive most, was the number one, yeah. The That's the one they teach you at the thing. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. most popular, well-known one, because in your head, you can immediately just pop it into your head. But don't stick your hand in the air like John Travolta does, no. or else you, you miss this. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I think they're trying to spruce it up, so instead of being older music like Aretha Franklin and Bee Gees, they want it to be... Drowning Pool. No, they want it to be songs that younger people recognize because they might need to give CPR as well. So it's Taylor Swift's You're Losing Me. Uh, See, I don't know that one. I'd be doing the rhythm all wrong. Beyonce's Virgo's Groove. I don't know either of those songs. Um, Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Um, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. 1999 by Prince. I know that one. And Poker Face by Lady Gaga. 
Yeah, let me practice my CPR. Hit the floor. Let the push, push, push. Now, if you want the holiday CPR playlist, here's some songs. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Rock. That works. Let It Snow. Let it snow, let it... Yeah, okay. And then uh, Winter Wonderland, and then Last Christmas by Wham. But not Baby It's Cold Outside, because it's offensive. But not Baby It's Cold Outside. You know, do you remember when all the Wokies, like John Legend and all them, were coming out, and they were like... Oh, we're gonna um, we're gonna redo the words of the song, and it was all like seeing if they can ask permission if she wants to come inside and have a drink, and ask for consent. And I'm not gonna ask to take your coat because that might be misconstrued as oh, me trying to God, address you. Please. And then cut to what's that song that we can't even say? What song? Uh, what is it? W A P. Oh yeah, no, oh, no. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, fine though. We that's that okay. One. Yeah. Well, that's what blew my mind when when the whole cancel culture started, and we had the audacity to cancel Charlie Brown and Dr. Seuss, but Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion <laughs> yeah. one song yeah. of the year. It was like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we putting the focus on here? And the category is songs about your. Mm, yep. The winner is. Like, you ever try to listen to the edited version of that song? It's almost silent. It's it's like an instrumental. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, and God. finally, we've been talking about Elon Musk a lot this week because he was sitting at a summit the other day, and they asked him, uh, all these advertisers are pulling off of X. It was Coca-Cola, Disney, Apple, and they said, what do you think? And he told them this. Okay. If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. It's <laughs> the best. But... Go yourself. Is that clear? So he had no apologies for that, rightfully right. so, and now he's doubling down. And in fact, he made jingles for those companies in case they decide they want to come back and advertise. Oh, wow. Uh, greetings. Um, hi. Yes. I'm Elon Musk, uh, promoting a new service for ex-advertisers. Because even though they can all go themselves, I had another great idea. Um, introducing ex-jingles. Here is an example for McDonald's. Go f- yourself. I will not be blackmailed, but I will write your company an amazing, if not efficient, jingle. Like a good neighbor, go f- yourself. I even wrote a jingle for my child, X4 Moon Semicolon 5, to sing. It goes 1877 f- yourself. <laughs> yourself. <laughs> There's no a better way to lose customers you don't want than with X jingles. Go f- yourself. Go f- yourself. Break me off a piece of go f- yourself. <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy talk. Ready for some stupid news? You must think I'm stupid. Now, here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. Okay, Jill, you're, you're the witness. Did you just see him throw two stories? Like, seconds before I opened the microphone, he reaches over yeah, my shoulder. Yeah, the, the one you asked for. Throw what happened st- to this story? Where's that? Yeah, and I said it in front of me. He's like, oh, go tweet stories in front of me. Well, you did say, what is this for? And he gave you the story of what that was for. I didn't yeah. ask for this story. This one I did. You're right. But this one What's I did. Yeah, you, you were complaining that I, I had a double in there and I needed to replace it. Gave me the same story twice in one segment. Oh, well, we got a bunch. Uh, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Hmm. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not worth it. So a guy here in Florida, uh, we told you about earlier, uh, but uh, now we got some clarification on what exactly happened. This Florida man has been issued a no-contact order, restraining order from his wife. Whoa. He was arrested. He threw a sausage at her face. I mean. (laughs) What else happened? (laughs) Ray Allen, 61, allegedly threw the meat at his 64-year-old partner. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And then I threw the meat at her. Did she like it? Anyway, um, during a verbal altercation, this happened Saturday. EMS workers responded to the couple's house and washed the victim's eye. Must have had some... <laughs> what? What's happening? Where are we going? Stop. You're going to send him into a... Smoke's going to lose control. He's going to piddle all over the floor. I'm going to have to clean it up again. I don't have the wet pads down. <laughs> they, they washed the victim's eye out with saline. Alan was arrested for domestic battery with a sausage. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a serious-ass story. Uh, the restraining order and the misdemeanor barred him from contacting the victim for the time being. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm telling okay, you, man, there. we need some sausage control. Yeah, what a delight. We need some, we need a waiting period. You go buy those Johnsonville sausages, right? you need to wait three days. God bless. Oh, God. Assault with a deadly bratwurst. Ah. <sighs> Scientists at the Nuremberg Zoo in Germany have discovered a previously unknown sensory ability in bottlenose dolphins. Do I really have to read this? I love dolphins. Wait, what's going on? Is it really weird? Anyway, they have something called electroreception. The truly shocking findings bridge the gap between dolphins and other known electroceptive animals and adds a new understanding of how... Well, here's what it is. They have a sixth sense. They have a sixth sense, and what they can do is as they swim through the water, they can detect other species that have electroreceptive abilities. It's very weak. Like an eel. Yeah, they can, but they can sense them behind rocks, under rocks, there, here, and everywhere that they can't see by just simply swimming near them. Yeah. So uh, that's another talent the bottlenose dolphin has. A sixth sense, if you will. That's exciting. That's not weird enough for you? Mm. If only he could spin his chair around and look at the stories and grab himself. Yeah. Because all he does is yell about the ones that I pick out. I thought the bottlenose dolphin was cool. It is cool. It is cool. It's great. I swam with the dolphins. I was very impressed by them. They're huge. Yeah. Very dangerous. They're enormous. You don't think that they're that big if you're like on a boat and you see it far away and you yeah. go, wow, look how beautiful. And then you swim next to one. You're like, holy cow, you could kill me and right now. And then they try to hump you. They're so smart. They're I just beautiful. don't know how they do all that stuff. And they're soft. Well, they got a sixth sense. Yeah, their skin. Do you know they shed their skin every eight? Is it eight minutes? Something crazy like what? that? Yeah, they shed their layer of the skin every eight minutes. It's gel. It's, you know, every, when they're you feel so rubbery. Them, you know, yeah, it's because that super, super soft, slick stuff comes off every so many. I think maybe it's two hours. Maybe it's every two hours. That's crazy. All right, what's happening now? Not catalytic converter thefts. Now it's Christmas tree thefts in San Francisco. This lady parked her SUV in a shopping mall parking lot for just a few minutes to go inside and get something. Another SUV pulls up, cuts the straps on her car, takes the Christmas tree and straps it to their car and drives away. See, steal an artificial tree. You don't have to do it every year. It's all on, <laughs> it's all on video cameras. and They're trying to find them. A restaurant in Japan is leaving customers a bit slap happy. I've uh, seen bars that do this. I've never been in one, but I've seen videos of bartenders that do this, but never a restaurant. Customers at the Shaka Yoko Ya uh-huh. in uh, uh, Nagoya, Japan, can pay well. waitresses to slap them in the face for a dollar. Now, if you want a real good slap, it's two bucks. Oh, really? If you want a series of slaps, it's three dollars and forty cents. What is the five fingers? Say to the face. <laughs> what? Slap. 
When you order this, a kimono-wearing, stone-faced woman will slap the eager customer's cheeks with a palm over and over again. <laughs> and some even administer backhanded slaps. Waitresses sometimes strike the diner so hard they get knocked out of their seats. Whoa. Were you thinking if I offered this at the diner people would come? They would probably love to get slapped by you, Rick. No, you not me. you got to make huh? a t-shirt, though, that says, I got slapped by Rick Stacy." Anyway, local, <laughs> locals and tourists alike love it. They enjoy the slap so much, they thank their assailants for the violent service. They do? Yeah. After staff started, the stunt business began to thrive and even become so popular, more female waitresses needed to be hired to slap more customers. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hungry? Want a little something with your meal? Then come to Slap in the Box, where we're ready to rough you up with every meal. Hi, welcome to Slap in the Box. Can I take your order? Uh, yeah, I'll have a Slap Burger with cheese and some punch-in-the-face fries. Would you like to add a stomp on your foot long hot dog for just two bucks? <laughs> Ooh, don't mind if I do. Pull around for your total and your beating, please. Nice. It's Slap in the Box. Another satisfied uh, oh, customer. Oh, I love this place. See you soon. Hey, follow Rick Stacy in the morning with Jill and Smokestack on Instagram. Follow me. Yeah. This stitch is about to get lit. At the Rick Stacy Morning Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 